there's a lot of conflict associated with this game, as it turns out. Uh, not all of it what you guys are feeling. Mark Wahlberg's conflicted. What's he conflicted oh, about? He doesn't know which team to root for because he's a Patriots fan, but he played uh, Vince Papali in Invincible. Wahlberg no, t- no, no, no. See, no, no, no. I played Mike Biggs for six years. I had to put on a Blackhawks jersey and a Cubs jersey. I do not root for those teams. That's acting. That's not real. <laughs> you got to understand, Bill, a lot of Philadelphia sports history is based on fictitious stuff. <laughs> what oh, are you a, talking that's about? That's a very, very good point. <laughs> Mike, what are you trying to say? You know, the whole Rocky thing. He must have just opened a Wahlburgers in South Philly. <laughs> I He's think, trying to hey, have it not get hey, bricked. Hey, I'm out, I'm out of breath. Did you, hey. did you try to switch cheese? Hey. Huh? Hey, How's your you mother? Come in. Get a sandwich. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's your 11. It is 10 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Sorry, uh, Slack. Do we have sound? Can we play sound from over there? <laughs> Randy's not here yet. So, all right, we're good. Uh, President Donald Trump spoke to the nation last night in his State of the Union address, and he spoke of his commitment to making America great again. Sorry, wrong one. Here Less than one year has passed since I first stood at this podium in this majestic chamber to speak on behalf of the American people and to address their concerns, their hopes, and their dreams. That night, our new administration had already taken very swift action. A new tide of optimism was already sweeping across our land. Each day since, we have gone forward with a clear vision and a righteous mission to make America great again for all Americans. President Trump says the State of the Union is strong because our people are strong. If there is a mountain, we climb it. If there's a frontier, we cross it. If there's a challenge, we tame it. If there's an opportunity, we seize it. So let's begin tonight by recognizing that the state of our union is strong because our people are strong. He also talked of his wishes for all Americans. My greatest compassion, my constant concern is for America's children, America's struggling workers, and America's forgotten communities. I want our youth to grow up, to achieve great things. I want our poor to have their chance to rise. So tonight, I am extending an open hand to work with members of both parties, Democrats and Republicans, to protect our citizens of every background, color, religion, and creed. And in closing, the president had this to say. Our task is to respect them, to listen to them, to serve them, to protect them, and to always be worthy of them. Americans fill the world with art and music. They push the bounds of science 
and discovery. And they forever remind us of what we should never, ever forget. The people dreamed this country. The people built this country. And it's the people who are making America great again. Even though it felt like it, it wasn't the longest State of the (laughs) Union speech in history. It's the third longest in the past 50 years. Bill Clinton responsible for the top two, an hour and 28 minutes in 2000 and one hour and 28 minutes in 1995. That should be illegal. Yes. Uh, Last night, 80 minutes. Uh, About three quarters of Americans who watched President Trump's first State of the Union address thought he did a good job. A quarter disapproved. That's according to a CBS News poll that also found 80 percent felt Trump was trying to unite the nation. A third said they felt safer after listening to the president. Of course, much of the response was along party lines. About 90 percent of Republicans said the speech made them feel proud, while about half of Democrats felt angry. Just over half gave Trump credit for the current economy. I wonder if all... All the people who got voted off the island hate watched it from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> like just let's let's all get together and watch this because there's uh, I mean a, a nice party of them. I mean I, that's a that's a big group. That's not just a table or a booth. You got to get like a little private dining room <laughs> yeah. for that amount of people. Well, I, they, think. I think they have a party room for that. A separate. <laughs> And now for something non-controversial and pleasant and uh, one of the simple things in life, a Mount Lebanon girl being honored for growing a huge cabbage. There we go. Yes, congratulations to her. PA Department of Agriculture officials recognized McKenna Morgan's 14-pound cabbage in association with the National Bonnie Plants third grade cabbage program. McKenna is a student at Jefferson Elementary School. She'll get a thousand bucks towards her education. According to health officials, we should be drinking less beer and drinking more kale smoothies. The problem is, though, right? That's the problem. (laughs) Uh, With this in mind, some farmers are using artificial intelligence to try to improve the taste of kale. They are plugging in algorithms to analyze everything from the nutrients in the water to the type of light they're grown under in order to get a product more people will enjoy without losing all the nutritional value. We we eat kale at my house, but... The weird thing is, is that my wife gave me a recipe for a massaged kale salad. So you put <laughs> kale in a bowl and you like crumple it around for a little bit. And it actually it makes it taste a lot better. But as I was massaging the kale, I was like, <laughs> what sick bastard came up with this in the first place? Like who was just so lonely at their house that they just sunk their hands into a bowl of kale and just found <laughs> solace in the in the leafy greens and just kept... Just kept relax. going and then it's like a scene from candles. ghost yeah. <laughs> oh i'm gonna That's give a this kale life. a happy ending <laughs> my Here cousin's name is kale so when i hear massaged kale it's uh, it sounds like a salad <laughs> i don't want to eat at is all. he named after kale yarbrough yeah <laughs> an emotional support peacock named dexter not being allowed to board his flight at new jersey's newark liberty international <laughs> airport a new york city-based photographer and performance artist named ventico says She purchased a ticket for Dexter on her United flight headed to L.A. on Sunday. A spokeswoman from United said the peacock was turned away because of health and safety concerns. Spokeswoman said the peacock did not meet guidelines for Mm -hmm. multiple reasons, including size and weight violations. She also said the issues were 
explained to the passenger three times prior to their arrival at the airport. So sounds like this artist wanted to put on a show. According to Dexter, the Peacock's Instagram account, uh, he will be driven cross-country by his human friends. I mean, that's just way too exotic of an animal to bring on a plane, man. If that thing, like, <laughs> plumes its feathers. out there. Yeah, I mean, it's... That, and they're mean. Are they? Oh, yeah, they'll peck at you. Yeah, it's like bringing an emotional support goose. Right. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> she wasn't really thinking that she could get this peacock on she, the plane, right? So she was just trying to... Well, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like she was trying to put on a show, but yeah. she uh, allegedly bought a ticket for the bird. How do you buy a ticket for a bird? I don't know. Its name is Dexter, so she bought a ticket for Dexter. But when it says gender, <laughs> and like bird, well, it has a gender <laughs> species. Oh. Yeah, you gotta I add that to the for... list now. Don't you think that at some point in the very near future, everyone's going to finally put their foot down with all this crap? Well, so, like already, someone's going to try to bring you know their emotional support peacock into a Max and Irma's, and everyone's going to go, <laughs> you know, that's it. Like that's enough with all of this. Like right. if you need an emotional support animal, then you need to get a Stouffer's and eat at home. <laughs> or Stouffer. you just make selected flights the animal, the animal, the, the Noah's Ark flight. Right. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the other thing is that like if I see a veteran with a dog i was just going to say I, I, I my my mind goes to immediately that dog is legit that purpose is Saving legit that guy's if life you just have social woman. anxiety join the club yeah. like we're all uncomfortable right, right. you don't get a pig <laughs> yeah <laughs> right the last Blockbuster video store in Texas is closing for good. Customers flock to the store in Edinburgh, southwest of Corpus Christi, for a final time over the weekend. Rick and Liz Cavazos managed the store and actually met there in 1999. The couple have a 16-year-old daughter who also spent time working at the video rental store. Rick told the Monitor in McAllen, Texas, he said, I hate to say it, it's going to be gone. I owe the store a great debt because I met my wife here. I'm obligated to say it was the most fun job in the world. Only eight blockbusters remain in the U.S. Man. This bums me out. This bums yeah. me out in, in general for my... Do you feel this way with your kids? Like, my kids are not going to get some of these experiences... Like going to a blockbuster and getting to pick out a video because everything is splayed out in front oh, yeah. of them. That they have endless so options lazy. for everything. Like Toys R Us is closing. Like they start to them, go through yeah. chapter 11. Was there any better feeling as a kid than having your parents say, hey, let's go to Toys R Us and you can go pick out a toy? It was like, it, it was, was better greatest. than Christmas in a lot of yep. ways. Because you were in control of that situation, you you could uh, everything was at your at your fingertips. I mean, in a lot of ways, Blockbuster going out of business was good for me because my fines were outrageous. <laughs> I was never kind. I never rewinded. Um, I always had late films out. I wonder. I just happen to think: Are kids more impatient now because they can have everything yeah. on demand? <clears throat> we all like are. Yeah. Don't. For sure. Not just kids, but the things that you knew as kids in the process that Jeff was talking about is just, it's been completely uh, eradicated. Yeah, it's just, I want it, bleep, yeah. there it is, it's and a, then a drone will drop it in your doorstep <laughs> a day later. I went to Giant Eagle the other day, and like it was like at 5 o'clock, so the line was packed, and I thought I should, I was like, I should just leave. 
I was like, but you need food. I was like, yeah, but I can't wait four minutes. Like four minutes? That's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because I I swear one of those blockbusters has to be in Meadville because... (laughs) Probably is, or Franklin. (laughs) I mean, I know they have a family video and there's no way that's going anywhere. But like they had a they had a Little Caesars through the lean years, like when Little Caesars went away most places. Oh, yeah. I remember Serena's brother who lives in Meadville was listening to the show one time and I guess you did a story about how Radio Shack was closing down and he was like, Bill, this is disheartening. I was like, Why, dude? Radio Shack sucks. He's like I work at Radio Shack. And I was like, well, the good news is it it won't close in Meadville for at least a decade. (laughs) You're good. The latest summer package tour set to feature two of the finest voices and one of the greatest guitarists in the history of rock. Paul Rogers, Ann Wilson, and Jeff Beck will kick off their Stars Align tour July 18th in West Valley City, Utah. They'll wrap up in Tampa, Florida, August 26th. The 19-stop trek will also include shows in major cities like L.A., Dallas, Chicago, Boston, Nashville, and Charlotte. Tickets for the triple bill go on sale to the general public this Friday, and I, if I had been prepared, I would have looked to see if there was a Pittsburgh game. <laughs> but I was a little uh, busy this morning. Uh, Judge is tossing out a mm-hmm. copyright lawsuit against U2 and its record company over the band's 1991 Octung Baby album track, The Fly. The suit filed in British musician Paul Rose uh, by British musician Paul Rose last year alleged U2 copied parts of his 1989 instrumental song, Nay Slappin', uh, to create a guitar solo for The Fly. The accusation focused specifically on just 13 seconds of his song and 12 seconds of The Fly which the judge ruled was not quantitatively significant. Uh, how would he? they have heard it? I I don't know. Because they're in the UK? I don't know. Yeah, like, <clears throat> that's the thing I always want to know when there's one of these copyright infringement uh, cases is how, what was the correlation? Was there like, well, they had the same producer, and maybe that right. guy was is like, there a oh, link? maybe yeah. you should make it sound like this, and then he hits, you know, play, and listens mm-hmm. to that guy's song for a little bit, and all of a sudden the edge feels inspired. Well, then you got a case. But if he's a guy who, you know, if you just do it before and there's no, you know, like I have a timestamp of me doing those same chords. If nobody's heard it, you know, that goes along parallel thought lines. I don't know if that was a hit or not. Right. For that guy. So windy and warmer, 40 degrees for the high today. It is 10 degrees now at DVE. Yeah, it's Wednesday morning. You shake at his touch and you tremble. It really does become the longest introduction song ever. And you're looking for this is Slack's final contribution to the show. It, it's yep. just stairway every, to heaven. Every Wednesday, there's a 20-second break. It's part of his legacy. <laughs> Slack stairway. Uh, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us. How are you, man? Good. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, we've got a packed show for you today. Tons of stuff coming up, uh, including it is Slack's last day today. Uh, so he is moving down to North Carolina to start his own radio show at WRMR down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Modern Rock 98.7. That's right. Yeah, buddy. Congratulations, and, uh, Slack. Yeah, well, so we'll, uh, we're, we're going to do Slack's exit interview on the air today. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Gene Collier coming up at 820 live from the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Uh, still, uh, still don't have the excitement for the Super Bowl yet. Still don't have wow. the, uh, ah, yeah, my team's not playing, but, ah, heck, it's the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's going to kick in or not. I'm hoping so. It's another one of those, ugh, who cares? Right. Phil Bork talking pens. 
Uh, and they uh, they racked up a bunch of uh, goals last night. Uh, Rick Seaback also going to be joining us to talk about his new. Oh my god, me- I'm so excited about this show. He meat. racked up a bunch of meat in this episode. He racked up a bunch of meat. Meat Pittsburgh. M e a t. M e a t. That's right. And then um, that that sounds like a horrible dating app. <laughs> <laughs> Meet. Very aggressive, and then we got Meet Madden at nine forty-five. So uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to undertake in in one show. Uh, you know, uh, Bill uh, uh, illuminated this story for us yesterday. You know, when you can't be somewhere, and you're always, you know, you say like, ah, "I wish you could be two places at once," et cetera, et cetera. There's this uh, some inventor apparently. Uh, in Japan, it's Sony. It's coming up with human Uber, where someone goes to the thing for you. <laughs> well, that's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's so... Huber. <laughs> uh, now, there are pictures that go with it. Now, apparently what they were doing is they're kind of like using an iPad so that it's like... a Your face on somebody's body. Yeah. So it's like actually people are like looking at your head for some reason. Wouldn't you be so insulted if somebody sent that to you? A Huber to your house? Like you... I'm not coming to your party, but I'm going to send a picture of me to your party. Well, it's you're you're not important enough. You're FaceTiming the whole thing. I just don't know why it needs to be on a body. Why can't you just FaceTime? Why can't you just have like an iPad? Because you probably need. Yeah, I guess I don't. Unless you you can make that person do things. That's what I'm saying. See, this is the the problem I have with this is calling this person an inventor. (laughs) <laughs> like an inventor is just like, hey, what'd you do? You, did you cure cancer? Did you come up with a new clean source of energy? No, I patented duct taping an iPad to your face. <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> I I uh I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, it, it it won't ever really catch on. But well, it's so like- if you're FaceTiming, what would be the reason you couldn't? Because clearly, you have the time to participate. What if like, it's in a different sick? city? What if you couldn't get on your flight to meet those people because you, they peacock. wouldn't let your peacock on? <laughs> yeah. You know, there are, there are different uh, reasons that may have popped up. But okay. Huber, I guess, would be one name for it. I don't, other than making that person do hilarious things while your head was on them, I don't Dude, see any real. That's definitely what's going to happen with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the job description that you need to be a, a human Uber? Like, Two to five years of standing quietly experience required, like must have head, head you, strongly preferred. Can you imagine just those Hubers showing up somewhere? Like if you had a house party or a function or something, oh my God, that would be the most uncomfortable thing ever. They'd be like, okay, well, I guess we're not good enough for Bill, but here's this dude. I guess the, uh, the lead singer of Daft Punk is just here. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, have you ever done that like Grubhub or the Uber Eats? No. no. Let me I tell you something. When you do that, if it's anything like that, it's not going to work. The the gr- I, pretty I got, creepy. I got Grubhub the other day. I thought I was like taking ransom money from somebody. The guy like handed it to me and like ran off my porch and didn't <laughs> say a word. I was like, "Are we done here?" And he was like, "Yeah." And, and then kept going, but like never stopped. <laughs> I'm like, "Is this legal? Are we doing something legal?" <laughs> it feels wrong now. Do those people have to wear like food handling gloves or can they just be in the car sneezing? Nah. <laughs> you can just be sneezing. They don't come in one of those like thermal <laughs> hermetically sealed lined bags. Well, your food comes sealed pretty good, but you know, I guess it's open season, you know, uh, on uh, the uh, the bag and its contents from the drivers uh you know, 
sinuses <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to. I don't know. I think this is in a step towards uh, none of us going anywhere and just everyone sending their drones. I'm I'm just going to get footage from this one. I'm not going. Well, yeah. good news. Nobody's going. This isn't a people event. <laughs> what about like using the giant eagle feature? And I think maybe Whole Foods has it where you can call ahead and order all your food and, and just curbside pick it up. They put it in your yeah. car and take off. Giant, giant eagle definitely has that. I think they actually deliver too. So you don't have to go anywhere. Yes. Listen, this is one of those concepts that on paper... I, this makes so much sense for people who are really busy, but then that just makes me think, like, if you're too busy to go pick out your own food, you're too busy. Right. Carve some time Take out. Take a break. Feel an apple. Although, for people <laughs> who go to the grocery store, it cuts down on the traffic, I'm telling you. Oh, really? If a lot of people are going to use it. I guess that's true. <laughs> order away. I <laughs> wish you could do that for parties. Like, you could call ahead, and everybody would come out so you could say hi to them really quickly and then keep going. Yeah, a buddy of mine was freaking out about Amazon and all these kind of services, how it's just dehumanizing us and we're just not interacting any longer, right. and it's screwing everything up, and it's the real problem, and we're becoming more isolated. He's like, am I alone? I like going to the store and getting something if I need it. Am I the only one who thinks like that? And I was like, kind of. Yeah, I like now... No, uh, I I like going to the store to get it. I just don't like other people being there. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's the thing. Like with the giant eagle thing, I kind of understand that because uh, who you're really interacting with from an employee standpoint at a giant eagle outside of maybe the cashier, you're not going up to the butcher and being like, "Good day, sir." Like, what's your <laughs> finest cut of beef? And then you have a whole exchange. Right. You just Hello, go grab a package. Monger. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, I was at Whole Foods and I asked this guy. I was like, "Do you have any halibut?" And he's like, "No, but I've got some mackerel." And then he like told me how to cook it. And I was like, this is the first interaction I've ever had with somebody behind a fish counter in my life. You know, well, you never go down to a, a Woolies and got, got no. a little mongreling? Nope. Oh, man. You never do that. <laughs> I went to Woolies uh, yesterday. I'm surprised you can't tell from the shirt. They wore the same shirt. I just think it smelled like uh, whiting cod in here. <laughs> <laughs> Low tide. <laughs> I like going down there, strip district and grabbing fish. It makes me feel oh, like yeah. I went down to the docks and like, you know, yeah, did something. It does. <laughs> like that place in Seattle where they throw the right. fish at you. The whatever market. You're catching your sandwich in a newspaper from 10 feet away. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Does that uh, make it taste better? <laughs> yeah. I always wonder why they have to do that. Put it in the newspaper? Yeah. Or throw it. I also think you should be limited on how many people you could take into the grocery store with you. Oh, well, moms are going to come at you now. Well, they have babysitting. What? They have babysitting it. Yeah, they do. They have a daycare. Why wouldn't you just go to Giant Eagle and just to get your kids away from you for a little bit? (laughs) I do. I drop them off and go somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) They have a bar at Giant Eagle. They do. Yes. Why aren't we doing the show from there? Sounds like we should just be a giant eagle. My wife specifically, I call we Target her there. Mecca because she goes there to meditate at some point during the week. Like mm-hmm. if she's having too much, I'm like, why don't you just go to Target, just get one of those red carts and just walk <laughs> around for 15 minutes. She's like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's it's weird because giant eagle is already awesome, but like the one out in Robinson is so awesome that it's like, wait, do you wait a second? Are you having problems with inadequacy? Like, do you yeah. think we don't love you already? I went in one time and there was a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm not expecting this from you. It's just, it's a supermarket. It's a nice one. The best is when they tried to set that up in the one over here in Virginia Manor, which is just too small. It's an oh, old yeah, school giant tight. eagle where you're just like everybody's on top of one another. But they decided to have like a Dixieland jazz band on a Saturday. <laughs> like, and I'm like, excuse me, I know you went to Juilliard, but 
Can you move so I can get a pound of coffee? I'm trying to get my Nello wafers. <laughs> yeah. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit is here with your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. Mike, what's the word? Before we get to the sports, I got to offer up a little tribute to our boy. Slack. Slack. Yeah. Um, I've never seen anybody assimilate to an area more seamlessly than Randy Slack when he joined our little He never stopped here. talking about the Bengals. What are you talking about? I'm telling <laughs> you what. The guy literally never bread. stopped talking about since He still hasn't assimilated. He was here for 10 minutes. It was like he was here for 10 years. I agree with and that. And I feel like we're losing our Matt Murray because this uh, live radio stuff can go off the rails pretty quick sometimes. <laughs> and I never saw him get flustered. I never <laughs> saw him not know how to work his way through a situation, how to talk me through a situation when I was getting flustered. And while he's the Matt Murray of the show, he's kind of like my right hand because I'm probably the guy who needs to use this technology the most and knows the least about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Accurate. And uh, he's gotten me through a lot of stuff. And I know you're going to kill it down there, man. You are uh, one of a kind. Thank you. I appreciate it, you, Mike. You're going to tear it up. My favorite thing is when you come down the hall, or when I come down the hall, and I would just hear, hear Mike just swearing out of his office. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, what the F is this? And it's like, I got to see what's going on. Then he comes in and swipes something and hits a button, and then it's all good. Like, Mike, that's the space bar. <laughs> The what? <laughs> Mike, what I tell you about using uh, private browsing, you know, don't keep the internet history, you know what I mean? I, I'll remember that. Hide the cookies. <laughs> All right, on to the sports. Enough of that uh, emotional nonsense. Now, good luck, man. You're, that was great, Mike. You're going to do great. We'll do it. We'll, we'll, uh, we're going to slack in, uh, you know, a little later doing his exit interview. Uh, but he's, you know, he's got carte blanche here today. He's literally driving right down. To North Carolina. And by the way, the show's over. you mentioned the Bengal thing. A little character sticking with the Bengals. That can't be easy to do. No. No. Yeah, I was just joking. I don't it's care. It's not quite. I wouldn't want him to bail on his team. That would be like. It, wasn't, sh- like, it wasn't like sticking with the Cubs so long. That was stupid, even though they were eventually. <laughs> no, and it isn't like he's from uh, the North Hills and he's a Bengals fan for yeah. some reason because his uncle you know, was from Cincinnati. It's like he we hired him from Cincinnati. He's a so. hillbilly. That's who they root for. <laughs> there you go. And he showed me the an inside look at the devastation and desperation of that fan base. I mean, they 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 don't think wow, this is going great. They think, when's this going to go bad? When's this going to turn on its edge and devastate us? Well, they are a perceptive lot, if nothing else. (laughs) On to the hockey. The Penguins were trailing the San Jose Sharks late in the second period last night at PPG Paints Arena, but there were a few seconds remaining, and that was just enough time for Phil Kessel and Evgeny Malkin. 15 seconds to go in the second period. 2-1 San Jose. Long lead pass going by Hornquist. No icing here as Burns gave it away to Kessel and Quetta. Malkin, he scores! It's Kenny Malkin ties this game with 4.1 seconds left in the second period. Oh, make me a milkshake, Malkin. The Penguins have tied the game. Oh, man, are you kidding me? After tying the game late in the second period, Malkin untied it early in the third. Here is Ole Mata. Getting the puck to Schultz, and he throws the puck into the zone. They toss the puck, and they lose it in front, and the Penguins scored as Malkin delivers. The Sharks, Martin Jones, played the puck to the near corner, but right to a Penguin who gave it the puck put in front, and Malkin finishes his 3-2 pass. 
That was Malkin's uh, second of the night and 25th of the season. All that remained was to put the cherry on top of the Penguins. 5-2 win over the Sharks Sunday. Here's Malkin with an empty net. Left side. Over to Rush. One more try. Goes to Malkin. He shoots and scores. There's the hat trick for Evgeny Malkin. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. 5-2 Pens, that's 9-3 and three in January. The Penguins picking up where they left off before the All-Star break. 12th career hat-trick for Evgeny Malkin and the first by a Penguins player this season. Malkin also played in his 754th game last night, passing Jean Pronovo for sole possession of fourth in franchise history. Evgeny Malkin, fourth in games wow. played for the Pens. That's incredible. Uh, Seems like just yesterday we were extracting him from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking him out of the USSR. Mark, Matt Murray uh, back in the net. It was his first start since January the 4th. He tied Greg Millen for 7th on the Penn's all-time wins list with 57. Sydney pretty Cro- big hiatus. Yeah, but very sharp last night. Yeah, uh, Looked like they got him back in right when they should have based on uh, what he went through dealing with the death of his father. Sidney Crosby had the second assist on... Malkin's hat-trick goal, that makes it uh, points in 10 consecutive games for Crosby. And uh, the Penguins are now second in the Metropolitan Division with 59 points. Uh, They have played more games than have the Devils with 58 points, the Jackets with 58, the Flyers with 56, the Rangers with 55, and the Islanders with 55. But uh, their 59 points are on the board, and they are awaiting the Washington Capitals here Friday night. Then they'll be at Jersey on Saturday, and then next Tuesday, the uh, world stops spinning on its axis when Marc-Andre Fleury... Here's Malkin with an empty net. Left Oops. side. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Slack. Don't leave yet. Pens are looking like the Pens again, guys. Uh, we could we could break it down in a more nuanced fashion if you'd like, but when you watch them play and you know what they're capable of, you know what it looks like, what it should look like. Yeah. You know when, it, when it's off and... Uh, I test is all you need right now. Good deal. Yep. Columbus and uh, Philadelphia are your two wild cards in the uh, Eastern Conference as we speak. Uh, football news. Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski says he's going to play in the Super Bowl on Sunday against Philadelphia. Says he's feeling good even though he is still in the concussion protocol. Crazy trade between the Chiefs and the Redskins. What happened? That was insane. I didn't see what happened. Who, tra- who got traded? Alex Smith going from Kansas Whoa. City to Washington. Huh. Uh, the trade can't be official till the league year starts on March the 14th, but it's been agreed upon reportedly. Uh, the Chiefs uh, reportedly uh, get a third-round pick for Smith and cornerback Kendall Fuller. Who found out about it on Twitter? <laughs> who's a, a, a young uh, third-year guy who's not bad. Um Seems like a lot to give up for a 34-year-old QB. Uh, there's also a reported uh, long-term extension in place for Alex Smith at 34 years of age, which is going to give him $71 million in guaranteed money. Damn. And now Kirk Cousins becomes a free agent. So uh, He doesn't like that. Or does he like that? I think he's going to like it a lot when uh, the money starts piling up. Because there's, there's more teams that need a quarterback then there are quarterbacks to fill the needs of said team. So he's going to cash in at a ridiculous rate. Where's he going? 
Cleveland? Jets, Denver. Number of teams out there. Houston. Need, need a guy. Jacksonville? No, Houston has Deshaun. Be interesting to see where Kirk Cousins lands. But uh, well, that's an aggressive trade, if nothing else, by Washington. But uh, I don't know. Why did they hate Kirk Cousins so much? Or they just got into a weird deal with him where they weren't expecting him to be good, and then they had to tag him. And I think he, yeah, I think he's good, but he's not as good as his paycheck says he is. Yeah. And I just don't think they want to go down that rabbit hole anymore because a long-term deal would be even more money and. Seventy-one so mil is nothing to yeah. sneeze at. So they, they went to an older guy who was, by the way, not cheap. Todd Haley going to have something to work with? Be interesting, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Browns got a lot of money, don't they? I'm not sure. Do they? <laughs> I don't know what they have. They ought to have a ton of cap space. Everybody they have stinks. They can't be paid anybody. Yeah. Well, that's true. Can they? Good point. Not a lot of yearly performance bonuses being handed out when you're 0-16. <laughs> yeah. They probably got roped into some deal with uh, Cribs where they're paying them like Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> they're going to be paying them millions of dollars for the next 30 years. There's, there's a little detail in the NFL salary cap. Players have uh, bonuses in their contracts. And there's a category called likely to be earned incentives. And some of them, are, you know, you play 12 games or if you win one, you don't game. have to be all pro to cash these bonuses. So those are considered likely to be earned, and they count against the cap. But the Browns have none of those. <laughs> none. None. They don't, they Not don't to, one. They don't have to turn any of those in. <laughs> it's like you're going to be able to chew gum and uh, walk at the same time. Nope, we're not counting uh-uh. on that. Nope. Nope. Not likely. We'll see if you pull that off. Let us know. <laughs> Mike's. <laughs> we'll readjust the cap. <laughs> Mike, proceeded with your sports there. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. What are you talking about? Well, uh, I might backfire on them, but one couple in Canada being quite honest about why they're moving. In fact, they put it right on their for sale sign. We'll talk about it coming up. Windy and warmer, 40 for the high today. It's 10 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show. Jeff Conkle's here, Mr. Wednesday, on Slack's last day. Bummer. It is a bummer. Sad. Sad day. Very happy for him, though. He's clicking his heels getting the hell out of here. He can't get out of here fast enough. (laughs) No, I know. So, misconnections with Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle. We'd like to uh, go through Craigslist's misconnections here in the Pittsburgh area and maybe help connect a couple of star-crossed lovers who weren't able to make it happen upon their initial uh, uh, um, encounter. Now, this is an odd one. Man, looking for a woman. EMT. Very awkward. Tough to make this one happen. You were at my house for a call. (laughs) You have long, dark hair with some of it shaved. I like shaved. You thought... I thought you were very, very sexy. You asked if it was the right address. How did I start my vehicle? Okay, this is... Without my hands. (laughs) Push start. Hello. <laughs> the, so when you hear that, boy, it leaves the, the it open to interpretation how it really went down there because it doesn't seem to me like that was a she's going to search Craigslist encounter. <laughs> no, so, this is a classic man interpreting signals wrong. Like, what we made out for like two hours. I was giving you CPR. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Because I felt some tongue. Come on, you lifted up my shirt. 
<laughs> Rub my belly. I was giving you the paddles. I was <laughs> trying to bring you back to life. Speaking of which, I'm into that. Give me some more paddles. <laughs> I like those paddles. I found them sexy. Oh, my God. Seriously, dudes who get served. If a woman waits on a guy in any way, shape, or form, or is his nurse or doctor, apparently, they think there's a connection. A man can literally, as we've just seen, can be in a dire situation, bleeding <laughs> from an orifice, and think, I think I could get her. Yeah. <laughs> She's hot. This one is a woman for man in Uniontown. And it's the title of it's great. I hit your truck mirror with my car door. It sheets. <laughs> I'm just figuring she was there for smokes. Yeah, absolutely. You drive a cherry red Ford F-150 with black bushwhacker fender flares. Wow, she really knows her cars. This is she is she has brand specific fender flares. <laughs> this morning in the sheets parking lot, I accidentally hit your mirror with my car door. We chatted inside sheets. You told me about your two jobs. <laughs> I thought you were attractive. <laughs> but I decided I was too old for you. I changed my mind. You only live once, right? <laughs> if you see this, message me back. Tell me what time you start work at your first job and where you work for a second job so I know it's you. Hold on a second. That sounds more like I want to stalk you more than it does... Help me make sure that I'm talking to the right person. <laughs> right. I'm just surprised how uh, present these people are in these conversations that they can remember these details. If I met, if somebody bumped the car and they told me what time they started work, that'd be the first thing out of my inventory in my brain. Like, oh, I know this. Um, four? No. Normally, like, tell me what color shirt I was wearing, or yeah. tell me what you know what hat you were wearing. Tell me what time and the address of your first job. Conversely, this guy is definitely going to find her because he's going to be trolling Craigslist. Hashtag bushwhacker fender flares. Donegal, 31, flag lady, purple hard hat, man for woman, 31 construction. Wait. Oh, I thought that was a euphemism. Purple hard hat. <laughs> <laughs> You wear a purple hard hat directing traffic on 31. The days that I see you and you smile really big and wave makes my day better. You're such a pretty baby doll. The days. <laughs> such a pretty baby doll. You're such a pretty baby doll. The days I don't see you there are sad for me, and I miss you when you're not there. I drive a truck and come through there daily, sometimes two, three times. You are the highlight of my day, baby doll. Just saying, if this is you, respond to tell me. What truck you think I drive? Question mark, question mark. Put purple in the subject. Thank you, baby doll. Ma'am, run. Yeah. Run away. This is going to end bad. Baby doll is... He's the baby doll killer. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Now, again, this also shows that guys basically are, look, are so one-dimensional. Like, he knows nothing about her other than she can stand and kind of wave him through and that's he's like I find that so attractive that's how gross guys are I'd do her let me get in those Carhartt overalls but to you know <laughs> make the point we made earlier just the fact that he thinks there might be a connection because he drives past her oh you're those red wing boots <laughs> I drive past you 
Hey. I can tell there's my a... general direction one time. She probably never sees in the, into the windshield. Like, there's probably the light. No. You know, just... He's like, we clearly have a thing. Um, Arby's nope. Monroeville, man for man. Whoa. So, saw you at Arby's we in Monroeville. The meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We don't even need to go there. All right. That's it. And lastly, great clips, man for woman, Butler. <laughs> this is a, this is a hair cl- haircut place. Great clips. I'm assuming so, yes. yeah. All caps. This is in all cl- caps, which is really, I mean, that is a red flag if there ever was Super one, right? aggressive. You almost said all claps, which I think is probably true for this entire sheet, too. <laughs> <laughs> to the sexy woman that cut my hair on Saturday, you are absolutely stunning. Your name begins with an A, and you're a single mom. I'd love to talk to you. Tell me your favorite grocery store. What if he just has, like, grocery store Tourette's? Like, that had nothing to do with their conversation. Like, he just screams that at people every now and again. Hey, how you doing? You doing good? Well, tell me your favorite grocery store. <laughs> I, Aldi's? I don't, I'm sorry. I don't. Why are you yelling that at me? We had a, That's something you can easily find out. By the way, just go back to the great clips. This is always the, these right, are always the right. ones that confound me the most because if you went to a specific place where yeah. you think you had a connection with a specific person, go back. They work there. there there's a category of these <laughs> things that aren't misconnections. It's just I don't want to put myself out there's right. And this <sighs> is this would be one of those ones. I kind of feel sad for those guys though, you know, yeah. in a way like got to uh, send a human well, they, Uber. They, in. Yeah, I don't feel too bad cuz they talk quite a big game on Craigslist, but they'd never say any of that to a human's face. Tell you no. what I'd do to you. Oh my God, somebody's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'd stick my purple hard hat. Are you speaking to yourself? <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. Uh, I'll just keep moseying along. Misconnections. Slack's final misconnections. That's going to be... Boy, I tell you what, you're going to have... There's probably some nice ones down in Wilmington, North Carolina there, buddy. There'd be a lot of Bushwick fender flares. <laughs> my favorite was when he would always throw in like a couple... Not safe for work, <laughs> man even, for man. Not for even a, close. Just, just for, for our our personal digestion. Because he wanted us to know what was out there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's a dumpster fire oh. out there is, is what we learned. Boy, oh boy. Yikes. A lot of purple hard hats. Yeah. Val's and got- the guys, I mean, the guys, they're way more aggressive. And that could happen. There's not too many misconnections because the guy's like, you want to? I will have to say, like, what, yeah, an ad- you wanna? what an advertisement for, for being gay just off these Craigslist things. It seems like these guys get down hardcore. I mean, I think that they, you, you could probably, you know, uh, if, if you were so inclined, why not try it out? It seems like the door's open, you know what I mean? We, open call. Open auditions. We bang more before 9 a.m. <laughs> than most people do all day. We're the gays. Um, Val has news coming up next. <laughs> We're going to talk about one very honest homeowner in Canada who is just putting it right out there why he's moving. Jeff, what do you got coming up? Uh, I got a couple gigs, but I, I'm sort of excited. I, I, Bill and Randy, you guys might have a chance to do this, but uh, Ray Zawadney is a local comedian. He has a podcast oh, yeah. out called No Weeks Notice. It's, it's a pretty hilarious concept. He just talks to people about crappy jobs that they had and how you've gotten fired in the past and how you've quit jobs and everything like that. So my episode was just released uh, yesterday, but his whole catalog is hilarious. Samantha Bentley's on it, Matt Light, uh, Ed Bailey, like every every Pittsburgh comedian's just going through all the jobs that they've had. Oh, that's a great backstory. Yeah, that's great. We love we love Ray. Well, let us know when when that uh, that's coming out this week. Yeah, it's already out. Yeah, okay. 
Do we know how to get to it? Just yeah, go, we're gonna I, go to iTunes that. and then look up No Week's Notice. All right, we'll get it out. We'll uh, we'll tweet it out. We'll push it out there on the social media. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday here this morning on D. It's 10 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Pennsylvania State Police say the man who shot and killed four people outside of Fayette County car wash is dead. Troopers say 28-year-old Timothy Smith shot himself in the head after shooting Chelsea and Seth Klein, Billy Porterfield, and Courtney Snyder early Sunday morning. State Police say Smith was pronounced dead Sunday evening, but troopers waited nearly two days to release that information to the public. The flu fight is a classroom-by-classroom battle. There are 39 states with especially high flu activity. With so many teachers and students becoming ill, schools in at least 12 states have canceled classes for several days. While the schools are closed, crews move in and clean and disinfect all the classrooms and hallways and gymnasiums, everything. So, oh man, I, it it just has to be impossible. If one kid comes in with the flu, how does it not spread all over? I, the place? Yeah, I don't know. Because all they do is sneeze into their hands, touch, touch their things, face, touch, touch everything. Other, yeah. Right. Well, we this- should get a big like uh, Ed Rendell, uh, like uh, you know the Hall of Presidents. Like one of those animatronic things of Ed Rendell for every school, and it just goes, "Don't touch your face, <laughs> don't touch your face." <laughs> well, this is—I'm not sure what this is. There are a lot of things. This is in Japan, a robot designed to look like a 23-year-old woman is becoming a news anchor. According to her creator, the robot named Erica is warm and caring, and even has "quote unquote" a soul. <laughs> They're ticking her jobs. (laughs) The robot news anchor will start her new job in April. Hey, that's great. You know, she'll still get mail from, like, old miserable housewives in the suburbs of wherever that's uh, going on, telling her that her outfit is too risque (laughs) or that her hair makes her look fat. (laughs) Honestly, I wanted to do that segment for so long and nobody would ever do it. Awful emails written by two news anchor women in this town, oh, yeah. like reporters, the anchors, <laughs> the stuff that they have to deal with on a daily basis, the mm-hmm. awful, horrific, just shots at their appearance. And the reason we really couldn't do it is a lot of them are also stalkers. Yeah. There's like, uh, well, yeah, and potential you know, murderers. Yeah. <laughs> But, they're not only trolling them, they're also watching their every single move. Yeah, but there are just people who are miserable at home in their home lives, and they feel, you know, they get, like, some sort of jollies out of telling... Bringing other people you know, down. Uh, you know, Wendy Bell, that her blouse looks, you know, makes her look fat or something like that. <laughs> right. And that, that's what people used Come to... Come on, man. They, they do that all the time. Think sex at the office is rare? Think again. A survey oh of 20,000 people by SaucyDates.com found 90% of respondents said they had sex in the workplace, Uh, which is gross to think about. You think people have sex in this workplace? I bet they have. I bet they have. Over the years? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, over the years, definitely. There's been a lot of um, overnight DJs that have definitely brought uh, girlfriends in here, I would imagine, or boyfriends in, whatever the case may be. Now it seems like most everybody is domesticated. Right? Well, there's still a lot of young people who work here. Yeah. I don't know. It just There's cameras all over this place, too. Just be weird to come in on Monday and the engineers are watching your <laughs> session, you know? 
A Canadian man and his family are selling their house and are very upfront and honest about why. Kane Blake and his family recently put a for sale sign in their front yard that reads, Home for sale by owner because neighbor is a bleep hole. Oh, wow. Blake says he and his family love the neighborhood and have lived there for five years, but they've had to put up with constant harassment from their neighbor who has been hell-bent on trying to get them in trouble with police over frivolous and ridiculous things. Blake says the neighbor has been sending the police to his house for years and that his kids won't even walk to school because they're afraid of him. Other neighbors seem to have Blake's back and agree the family has been unfairly harassed by this neighbor for a long time. Despite the brutally honest for sale sign, Blake says he's already gotten some offers. And if you want to see a news video about it, it's on the morning show page at dve.com. I was about to say that growing up, we never had that, you know, uh, and then I realized that we were the family everyone hated. So <laughs> we were actually the neighbor they were moving away from. <laughs> uh, porn star Stormy Daniels is questioning whether the signature on a letter denying she had an affair with President Trump is actually hers. Wait a minute. What? She's wondering if she's denying or questioning whether the signature on yesterday's letter is actually hers. Did you sign this letter that was released today? I don't know. Did I? Wait a minute. That you can but say, that right? That doesn't look like my signature, does it? It doesn't look like your signature. She was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel last night when Kimmel asked if she knew where the letter originated. She said it came from the Internet. The Wall Street Journal reported earlier this month that Trump's attorney paid Daniels 130 grand shortly before the 2016 election to stay quiet about an alleged sexual encounter with Trump. That supposedly happened in 2006, not long after Trump and uh, First Lady Melania had a baby. Stormy repeatedly dodged questions on uh, her reported relationship with Trump in 2006. Because she signed that not disclosure agreement. She yeah, the whole anything. thing about keeping quiet is you kind of have to keep quiet. Yeah, I'm not sure why everyone is having her on. Yeah, why? I mean, what else do they ask her about? So, you've been watching TV lately? Yeah, uh, how's the business? How's work? <laughs> John Mellencamp's concert film, Plain Spoken, from the Chicago Theater, is headed to Netflix starting tomorrow. The self-narrated film features Mellencamp, accompanied by his full band, and does include a special guest performance by Carlene Carter. The country icon also appeared on Mellencamp's latest album, Sad Clowns and Hillbillies, which climbed to number one on the Billboard Americana charts. Wendy, a little warmer today, 40 for the high. It's 10 degrees at DVE. You know, uh, Todd Haley is now in Cleveland as their offensive coordinator, and Terry Bradshaw is wondering what the hell's going on. Terry, who... He just cannot figure out a way to have a good relationship with the city of Pittsburgh, which is, uh, you know, it's a drag, but it is what it is. Uh, He uh, told the Sporting News uh, earlier this month, Haley was a great play caller. They had great success together. For the life of me, I have not figured out why they fired Todd Haley. Didn't they put up 42 points against the Jaguars? It would seem more to me like the head coach has to recognize the people he's hiring to run that defense aren't doing the job. Firing Haley made no sense. What did he do wrong? That's why he was hired right away by Cleveland. It'll take a while for Ben and the new coordinator to get the rhythm together. Each coordinator sees things differently, so it'll be a different way of calling plays in the same offense. We'll see how fast they adjust to it. Well, it won't be because they hired Randy Feekner, and the reason they did it was for consistency. Uh, so that part of his argument makes no sense. But I do agree that, like, I don't know why they don't think the defense is where a lot of changes need to occur. Uh, hmm. Also, uh, you know, we talked about the Steelers' inability to assess uh, talent in key areas, particularly on their own roster, when letting James Harrison go, thinking, ah, he's done, he can't do anything. And now 
Uh, he's poised to win another Super Bowl ring wearing a Patriots jersey. Oh, that's brutal. Well, the Patriots don't have that problem, figuring out how to assess talent. Bill Belichick has made New England a dynasty by shopping the bargain bin. There are a ridiculous number of undrafted players on the Patriots Super Bowl roster. 18 out of 53 undrafted. 34% of their roster undrafted. And they're not like jabronis. Six are starters. Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, David Andrews, Malcolm Butler, James Harrison, and Ryan Allen. He's an extreme couponer. Yeah, they got uh, Bolden, Hollister, Grigsby, Brandon King, and uh, Johnson Batamosi, core special teams players. James Devlin, Adam Butler, Le- Le- what is it, LaAdrian Le- Le- Waddle, and Eric Lee. Only three of them don't see much time, and one of them is a backup quarterback, Hoyer. The Eagles only have half that. Their roster has nine undrafted players. Only one of them starts. Safety, uh, Rodney McLeod. It's the system. I'm telling you, man. God, it it's just drives you crazy. We're going to talk with Gene Collier a little bit later on this morning. Gino is uh, in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. How crazy is it that, that that radio row is in the Mall of America? I don't know how they're doing that. I know that like uh, the ESPN morning show is doing theirs from the Hard Rock inside, so I think oh, they, they have- probably all separated out. I don't know how they would set that up. I don't know, but... Uh, By the amusement know, park? I wish we were there talking about it right now, <laughs> explaining how they set it up. We'll talk with Gene later on this morning. Also, Randy Slack's interview, uh, exit interview, he's uh, taken off for Wilmington as soon as the show is done today. He's leaving us. Sally's going to come by to say goodbye. Uh, oh, 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 oh! Also, Rick Seaback, his new meet umentary, meet Pittsburgh, and uh, Mark Madden closing. Th- yeah, it is the DVE morning show. Um, yeah, I had to have a thing done from like a quick elbow surgery thing the other day, and I had to take a lot of pain pills over the weekend and then sit around and watch Netflix. I'm telling you. Uh, I didn't have to, but it just seemed like a good thing to do. Actually, I didn't have surgery. I just took a lot of pain pills <laughs> and sat around and watched Netflix this weekend. And me too. I, it's it's getting to the point where I, I may become a cord cutter sooner rather than later. I'm I'm right on the precipice because I'm switching around so much when I turn on TV to like you know my Apple TV to go to Hulu or Amazon or to Netflix instead of like. You know, going to the regular cable channels because they stress me out too much. Do you? You can't get local news though. I mean, a lot of the local stations uh, stream their newscasts. Yeah. So you could watch it that way, I guess. Yeah. I saw Twitter last night was streaming the State of the Union. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, he was streaming it on his site. You could pay to get your name put on, like a uh, "Happy Birthday, So and So." During the State of the Union address last night, by donating, uh, you know, to uh, Donald Trump. Oh, that's great! Yeah, so should have done. It was only thirty five bucks. I don't know how uh, how that went or who edited it out or or whatever. But that's just it. I don't want to watch that. Like it stresses me out to watch that. Turn on ESPN. Oh, the Super Bowl that the Steelers aren't in. That stresses me out. <laughs> Not much fun right now. That being said, that Netflix movie about um, the National Lampoon mm-hmm. about Doug Kenny called uh, uh, "Stupid and Futile Gesture." Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's it's really fun to look at, even though, and they make fun of the fact, like, okay, th- th- these people don't look like Chevy Chase 
Gilda Radner, John Belushi, and Chevy, mm-hmm. and you know Brian Dole Murray, etc. Dramatic, right? But this is what was going on, and just looking back at how those two guys started National Lampoon Magazine, which basically started modern comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the 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 acorn that fell off the tree and just grew a forest of. Uh, uh, of comedy for t- two or three generations, and the fact that, th- that Doug Kenny didn't think that Kenny uh, or that Caddyshack was funny, he hated what the studio yeah, did to it. Crazy. He's like, they totally ruined my movie. You know, he didn't even really. Uh, I don't think he had a big part in writing it initially. I think he just did so many rewrites on the set because wasn't it like Brian Doyle Murray and Harold Ramis that did a lot of the work on it? But it, it's really fun to watch. Will Forte is very funny as Doug Kenny. It's weird to see Joel McHale as Chevy Chase. <laughs> That is a little bit weird. And to see how seamlessly they went from doing National Lampoon Radio to, oh, we're doing it as a television show now, except it's called Saturday Night Live, and you guys don't have anything to do with it. Stole all those people away. All the writers. Took all the writers. I mean, Belushi, Chase, and Murray helped. Yeah. And Christopher Guest, you know, back in the day. And it's fun. Uh, Pittsburgher uh, John Daly plays Bill Murray in in it. And uh, no, That's awesome. There's no Joe Flaherty, though. That's the only thing. The only Pittsburgh snub, though. Is there's no Joe Flaherty? It's fun to if you go back and look at videos of um, National Lampoon recordings when Joe Flaherty was there. Uh, he back in the day he was wearing a uh, uh, Steelers jersey. He's got like a Mel Blunt jersey on, doing all these sketches with those guys. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, that's great. But there's a lot of scenes depicted in the movie that you could go and see how it went down in real life. Like um, the there's like this famous interview they did for Caddyshack at Dangerfields in New York, and it was a disaster. It was just like people just did not know what to make of this sort of new breed of comedy. And this was after Animal House had already become the biggest comedy of all time. Wow. So I highly recommend you go check it out because it's uh, it's it really is sort of the Garden of Eden of comedy. It, it's funny because I did the same thing with looking up the real events when, after I watched I, Tonya. Oh yeah! I went and watched her her skate in Lilyhammer, and was that the one where her skate was broken? Yeah, and she goes over to the. I mean, she skates over to the judges' table, puts yeah. her skate up on the the boards, and is like complaining to them, appealing to them. Yeah, but I mean, she's crying in the hallway, trying to get her skates on. She's going out there. She's like, "I'm gonna break my ankle!" <laughs> like before she even starts the skate. And there are people who are upset about the movie I, Tanya, now that it has become so uh, you know popular is that it really rewrites history for a lot of people who are there to cover it. It's quite a bit of whitewashing in favor of Tanya Harding because you come off of this movie feeling pretty sympathetic for her. You I don't, mean, she had you don't? a, a no. pretty terrible upbringing. Yeah, I've, I mean, I, I've, well, I definitely I felt bad for her. Well, well, you're. I think you're. Uh, you know, I think you're in a minority of people who watch that movie. I think a lot. Won't of be people, the first time. Won't be the last. A lot of people come away from that feeling like, oh, Tony Hardy got a raw deal. Yeah, she wasn't. A, you know, hundred percent innocent, but it also wasn't all her fault. And to me, the main inaccuracy is that Margot Robbie is way hotter than Tanya Harding. Yeah, yeah, they really had to. They really had to fugly her up. Muddy the water there. Yeah, they didn't do a very good job. Um, No, but (laughs) still an entertaining movie. It's just it didn't go down. Even when Marco Robbie has the braces and the bangs, I'd like, yeah, I'd still. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like. (laughs) Yeah, what about like uh, in the movie Monster? Oh, 
with uh, man, Charlie's Charlie's throne. Yeah, Charlie's throne. Oh my! Was God. that makeup enough to throw you off? <sighs> and she put on weight too for that movie. She put on like forty or fifty pounds. Were you still like, yeah, you know, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she's roller skating with that sweater. <laughs> Everybody's. Bro- all right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. What's going on, Mike? Pens beat the Sharks last night 5-2, to two, uh, picking up where they had left off prior to the All-Star break and improving their January record to 9-3. and three. Uh, Nine January wins, by the way, the most in the National Hockey League. And uh, a lot of guys played uh, a part of getting Malkin with a hat trick. Three points out of Brian Rust, two goals and an assist. Rust getting his first two goals since November the 27th, but probably the star of the night and the number one star as it was announced after the game was goaltender Matt Murray, who made his first start since January the 4th and who was playing with the Penguins for the first time since dealing with the death of his father. Uh, Matt Murray has said pretty much since he took over as the Penguins' number one goalie that his approach is as simple as it can be, stop the next shot, Focus on the next shot, whatever happened, whether the last one went in or whether you made a great save. The next one is the one you got to zero in on and the one you got to handle and then, you know, repeat as necessary. And uh, he had to do that a lot last night. The Sharks firing 42 shots at the Penguins net, 23 of those in the second period. The Penguins took four penalties in the second period. And uh, San Jose seemingly was on the power play the entire time. And San Jose knows what to do with the man advantage. A couple of power play goals turned a one nothing Pens lead into a 2 nothing Sharks advantage. But uh, the Pens able to recover from that. Murray able to withstand all that. He was asked afterward, given the circumstances, if that was particularly challenging in this instance. I don't know. I mean, that's uh, how I try to approach every game. And, um, you know, for sure this one meant a little more for me personally, but um, still, that's, that's all you can really do is just take things one shot at a time and just play your heart out on every single shot. So um, that's what I tried to do. Play your heart out on every single shot. It's working pretty well for Matt Murray so far. That kid's maturity continues to astound me. Wise beyond his years. Yeah, and you never really see him anything but that, right? Uh, he, he never seems to have a moment where he's not that, either in a game or when he's doing an interview or any time the public sees him in, in really any setting. He is that steady guy, that confidence-inspiring guy who plays a calm brand of goal because he is able to anticipate so well and stay ahead of the play. He just he always seems like he has it covered no matter what's going on. Yep. And they feed off that, and that's one of the reasons why Mike Sullivan loves him, and that's one of the reasons why he's uh, backstopped the Penguins to the last two Stanley Cups. That'll probably be harder to remember next week, but we'll deal with that next week. Why, Flurry's coming to town? Tuesday night, baby. Ian Cole also uh, back in the lineup for second straight game last night. Hey, the world didn't stop spinning on its axis. They, they won again. Don't know what's going on with that, but uh, Ian Cole, uh, happy as all the Penguins were to see Matt Murray back in action and appreciative as all the Penguins were of uh, what Matt Murray was able to do for the Pens last night. 
Uh, Murr was uh, Murr was fantastic. I mean, he's uh, he's uh, undoubtedly one of the best goalies in the league, and he's uh, obviously been through a, a very tough time recently. So uh, we're just very excited to have him back. He's, he's a great guy and a great teammate, and, and as you saw tonight, a fantastic goaltender. Caps coming to town on Friday, and then the Pens are at the Devils on Saturday to finish out this week. The Caps lead the Metropolitan Division with 63 points. The Pens now have 59. They're in second place. They've played more games than everybody else, but uh, it's not a horrible if you, if you win and get your points on the board, then it's up to the teams chasing you to make the most of those games in hand. Those games in hand are only worthwhile if you win them. So I think the Penguins, uh, again, continuing to show a lot of signs that they have recaptured their game. And when I was talking last hour about last night's game, that's what it's supposed to look like. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't dominating. But they were able to recover from the bad second period. They get the goal from Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, and Malkin making a play as the second period clock is winding down just before time expires and then taking over the third period and finishing the game. Uh, The resilience that Mike Sullivan was able to instill in these guys after he got here, that's kind of been their trademark to me. Not that they're better than everybody else per se, but... They have a knack for dealing with the situations and taking what the game throws at them and responding. And that's what they did last night, and that's what they've been doing. And it's fun to watch. It really is. And now they got the three-headed monster going again. Yep. Because Malkin, Kessel, and Crosby are on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Fire? Fuego? Fire? Fire, fuego. You know, the Sharks blinked a couple times. Uh Burns, uh, Brent Burns turned one over at the end of the second period, and that kind of gift-wrapped that game-tying goal for Malkin. And then uh, the, the goaltender turned one over, Jones, uh, and that gave the Penguins another empty net. Uh, you can't make mistakes uh, all of a sudden against the Penguins because they make you pay. And that, that relentless pressure on teams that uh, forces their hand and forces them to execute at all times, that, uh, that can wear teams out over the course of a game, and that's been happening a lot for the pens of late. Problem with the forecheck? F you, pay me. Problem with the backcheck? F you, pay me. Problem with the PK? F you, pay me. Caps again coming to town Friday night. Kirk uh, Cousins is going to be a free agent. We know that now because the Redskins and Chiefs have reportedly complete or agreed upon, I should say, a trade. Alex Smith, the 34-year-old quarterback from the Chiefs who had a career year this past season but is 34. Uh, Kansas City has Pat Mahomes in the bullpen, and uh, they're ready to turn the keys over to the kid. And, wow. Uh, Alex, Todd Haley, I'm telling you, man, they could pick him up. Does Cleveland do that again? An established quarterback? Yeah. Why not? Then use all the draft picks for the rest of it. Yeah. I think it's really smart, which is why I think they won't do it. I don't know what their financial situation is, so I don't know how much sense it makes or doesn't make. But uh, I can't think of any high-priced guys on that team. So why not get him? Other than what, Joe Thomas? Who's only <laughs> got a limited time left. I can't think of one, Mike. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting... Uh, how many players on that team are in their second or third contract? They're almost all young guys now, right? Even the good ones, Garrett. Just they just drafted him. They're not. Uh, they should have the cap space if they want to do it. Cousins in Cleveland. It could happen. Hey, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Randy Slack, our producer. It's his last day after. Is this five years you did? Four, like 
Got some time off for good behavior. Yeah. So he's uh, he's done his undergrad, and he is on the way to graduate to his own morning show in Wilmington, North Carolina. He's going to be doing mornings at WRMR in North Carolina. We're going to do his exit interview. You know how they always do this with the Steelers, yeah. the coach and the player. We're going to do it with him uh, on the radio for you so you guys can hear it. We'll do Slack's exit interview uh, as he makes his way with uh, his wife, Allison, down to North Carolina. And uh, we hardly knew ye from Cincinnati to, uh, to Pittsburgh and on down to the beach. Got to like that. Uh, Sally Wiggins is supposed nice. to stop by, too. Say goodbye to him. Also, Rick Seaback talking about his new documentary, Meet, M-E-A-T, Meet Pittsburgh. Gene Collier live from the Super Bowl and Mark Madden all coming up on DV. That's the DVE Morning Show. And uh, today we say goodbye to our producer, Randy Slack, who is moving on down the road to Wilmington, North Carolina, where he's going to run the morning show WRMR, which is, is that 98.7? Yeah, Modern Rock 98.7. Modern Rock. All right, so you're doing Modern Rock. You're going from the classic rock to the modern rock. Well, Slack, we, we can't thank you enough for all that you've done here. And uh, we thought it'd be nice to do an exit interview with you on the air. That sounds good. Because you didn't get enough airtime here through the years. Uh, and still, uh, you were able to parlay that. What limited airtime and, and, and uh, shifts that you picked up here and there. Uh, on every station. Yeah, on every station. You were kind of the utility guy. Yeah, I wasn't really on here that often, but I was on the X. I, I was actually on the X yesterday. I filled in for Abby yesterday morning yeah. while I was helping Joe produce the show hidden here. Yeah. I did a Steelers show during the week. Right. I worked a country station. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. All right. Of, well, let's uh, get started with the exit interview. Would you say there was more or less nudity than you expected? <laughs> um, you know what? Forget that. The first uh, <laughs> question I really want to know, well, who was your favorite guest? All time Ooh, here. That's a good Ooh. one. Ooh, um, I mean, personally, just because I mean, I'm a, I'm an Ohio guy. I love the Reds, and Sean Casey's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, the and mayor, Sean Casey, Burt Kreischer have to be one, one two. two. Yeah. yeah, great guys. What would you we s- still got to get both of those dudes in the studio at the same 100%. time? One hundred percent. Uh, we may be efforting toward uh, toward that end uh, soon enough, but uh, uh, that's a little Easter egg for you. Uh, worst guest booking experience. Um, the worst thing that ever happened to me with a guest was, uh, I, I forgot to call Sal Palantonio on time and he called the hotline. And as soon as I picked up, he's like, Hey man, look, if you're going to ca- tell me you're going to call me at seven 30, you got to call me at seven 30. So Sal Palantonio started yelling at you. Yeah. yeah. How, how early the first Gene Simmons, how yeah. early into the tenure uh, of, of uh, your producership was that maybe like a year or so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What was your worst moment as a Bengal fan having to work as the Steelers <laughs> flagship uh, employee? Oh, that's, yeah, easy. that's the easiest <laughs> question. This is the easiest. Yeah. The, uh, the, the 2016 January playoff game. That was, uh, Prison that, fight. That game. was a fun. That was a fun week. <laughs> Thank God you didn't hit send, right? Oh my, yeah, you ain't kidding. On the the tweet, that got was, down Jerry Porter. When uh, when there was the uh, when Jeremy or when Landry Jones was intercepted and Vontez Perfect ran into the tunnel with the football and the game seemed to be over, and I was going to send the tweet, "Hey Steeler fans, you know where the Escaloser is," and then I hit delete because I didn't want to send it. And uh, kind of glad I didn't. Uh-huh. Good instinct. No. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, I deleted all of my tweets because um, I went back. I wanted to see if I had them. Um, right before I left to Cincinnati to come here, I produced the 2013 wildcard game for the Reds Radio Network. And I had some very, not very nice things to say about the Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> and, you know, things of yeah. that nature. And I went back through my timeline and that whole day. October 2nd or whatever it was, is just blank on my Twitter account. It's weird. Do you hate the Steelers more than b- before you moved to Pittsburgh? No. Now, see, you got you kind of like it. it's it, Well, it's, it's business. Like, yeah. You know, I did the show, 
Sure. For Steelers, you know, You're for working Steelers for the Radio. Steelers. I'm in the, yeah, I'm in their practice yeah, facility. They I can see Antonio gear. Brown and yeah, you know, it's yeah, that's they're fine. Okay. What uh produ- it, was it kind of like watching hard knocks in that whatever team it is, you end up liking them by the end? Like if when you're that close? Yeah, it was weird. Like I I met Ben Roethlisberger a couple times and then one year on Madden he's uh he does like the voiceover like, "Hey, welcome to Madden 2016 or whatever it was." And it showed my favorite team was the Bengals, and it's Ben Roethlisberger who, who at this point I've yeah. met a couple times. He goes, "Hey, it looks like this was your favorite team last year. If you'd like to change it, you can do so now." And I felt like Ben, do do you do you want me to change teams? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he was asking me for real. It was weird. <laughs> what was uh, You're not changing though? No. What's the producer responsibility that you'll miss the most? What did you like about this job that you're going to miss doing? Um, just working out fun ideas like when we would have like when we had Burt Kreischer come in and we had a George Takei or when we had Jesse Ventura and then we had yeah. we had the Jesse Ventura <laughs> calls like thinking of just really dumb elaborate things mm-hmm. to be like oh man this is going to be awesome if this works and this lines up with this and that's going to be perfect what is the uh, producer responsibility you'll miss the least um can't be getting up early because you're going to have to do that yeah, yeah. Get, getting getting up early is fine. Um, the, the, the troubleshooting, the weird oh. troubleshooting things that I have to <laughs> when do here. Breaks. When everything breaks. If, if keyboards break or the copier breaks or the internet's not working. or Slack Seeing you under the table like a mechanic is <laughs> one of the funniest scenes ever, man. You're under there, I don't know, unplugging stuff, yeah, we plugging have, it back in. We have four wireless keyboards that aren't labeled, and we have four computers under the table that aren't labeled. So it's a fun game of guess which keyboard's hooked to, to which computer, <laughs> which I'm, a, I'm bad at that game. So, all right, well, maybe you picked up a little, uh, you know, hardware troubleshooting yeah. ability. Yeah, you won't have to call on the engineers down at uh, Wormer quite as much. Yeah. The silver lining. Uh, all right, uh, what was the hardest thing you had to do as a producer here? Uh, the hardest thing was the first week I started here. We did like a 30-minute bit about the giant duck that was in the river. We did a parody of War of the Worlds. Oh, yes. yeah. And, and it was I remember that. 18 pages long. It was crazy long. And it had, I think, 100 sound bites. And there were, it was part live, it was part taped. Uh, Luke Ravenstall, well, not really, but you know, there was a pseudo Luke Ravenstall involved in the yeah. Kenny Chesney concerts. And guess where I am? <laughs> There were there was there was a lot of moving and parts that was in, in the old studio and so we had mm-hmm. me Scott Bill Val and and Mike all so, like within four feet of one another yes. sweating for twenty five minutes <laughs> and that was like your fourth day on the job yeah yeah, yeah me and me and uh, Mike Steele are just trying to figure out okay well, what's next and yeah. is everything in order that was yeah. tough. Did you think that's what the job was going to be like going forward? No. It was literally the most complicated thing in my 18 years here. <laughs> everybody it was like me, my fourth day. Everybody told me this will be this is as hard as it's going to get. It's not going to be this hard yeah. all the time. And they were correct. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was never that ridiculous <laughs> the rest of the time. What was uh, the best perk of the gig for you? Uh, the best perk, um, when we would do the uh, What's at Stake and we had Ruth's Chris come in and bring us uh, filet mignons at 8 yeah, o'clock in the morning. That, that was, was pretty nice. sweet. That's a pretty good perk. That's a nice perk. It's not bad. So food. You know, the food. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, food's, the food the stuff food would, be, uh, would be fun sometimes. So uh, what advice will you have for uh, who, whoever ends up with the full-time gig here as the next producer? Uh, and Joe's been uh, subbing uh, admirably right now. Uh, and he may not want the gig after having seen it for a week. Sure. <laughs> what advice do you have for the next producer? 
Um, you, you just kind of have to go with the flow. Uh, when when people <laughs> when people ask me about the show, um, and I think one of the strengths of the of this show is it's not. It, it there is a structure, but it's not too structured. And you, <laughs> no you're structure. you're very much like you know you've got that jam band with the radio show. <laughs> so it's kind of like okay, we're just going to go for a while here, and you just have to kind of be fluid and just kind of go with you know whatever's yeah. working. He likes yeah. to call the play at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, run yeah, we, pass we, option. We, we, we he, he Randy calls a lot of his own plays. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because you know it's <laughs> the point of coming in with a game plan. If the opponent changes, then that's why our new know. producer is Randy Feekner. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've been replaced. Very happy about that. Hey, can I sneak in two here? Sure, go ahead. I got two parter for you. It's actually okay. one, but as I'm sure you've been told many times, you're not from here. Correct. I'm so, not. What will you miss about life in Western Pennsylvania? Literally the next question I had. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. No, and, we're thinking alike. And what part of life in Western Pennsylvania are you going to be oh so happy to put in a rearview mirror and hit the gas? It's so the funny. Snow. I literally had that exactly, almost exactly written out that way. Um, well, I mean, the stuff I like, um, the I'm a big fan of the uh, gambling establishments here. They're uh, they're fun. No gambling in North Carolina. There's none. Wow. Much to my wife's You've excitement. Already done that. Uh, but to Research. me, you know, you know, you know uh, rivers and meadows. They're a lot of fun to go to. I like a lot of the, uh, you know, with the doorstop and the Kellyos and places like that. Two Breakfast roast barbecue. Spots. There's there's a lot of a lot of great food here in Pittsburgh. Uh, the thing I like I'll, I'll miss the least is the traffic here is awful. It's. I mean, I get it. There's a lot of rivers and hills and bridges and yeah. tunnels, but my God, when I lived in Green Tree and you try to get to the South Hills and it'll take 45 minutes and oh, yeah. it's three miles away, and you're like, why does this take so long? Right. Yeah. That's. That's it. People. People in Pittsburgh. I don't know why. It seems like everybody here is okay with waiting in line. Like there'll be one register open at Walmart. Nobody's mad because they're just like, well, I, I'd be sitting at the Squirrel Tunnel right now. <laughs> Everybody's okay with sitting in line yeah. here because they're like, could be worse. We could be in Cincinnati. I guess. <laughs> uh, did you answer the second part of that? Did I miss that? Yeah, yeah, I got both. Okay, both. All right. What skill did you learn as producer of the morning show that you think is going to serve you best in the next gig? Well, um, I think uh, just watching how you deal with comedians, uh, you can make people, you know, sound better. <laughs> then maybe they are, folks. Um, all the comics are terrible. Yeah, yes. <laughs> most of them are absolutely it's horrible. Really, all of us. Yeah, but no, I, I like I like your interview style, and I like the way that you know building the relationships with comedians, and that's already something. Giving them drugs. Yeah, right. and that's something I'm already working on doing. Making in, sure you in have Wilmington. drugs when they get into town. Yes, yeah. Most important thing. Uh, <laughs> what you th- What do you think is the funniest thing that happened while you were here? What was the Thing that you remember was like the funniest because I remember a couple that I thought that you thought were uh, one of my uh, probably my my favorite moment uh, back to the uh, Burt Kreischer George Takei <laughs> he um, I was George was coming off the elevator with his husband <laughs> yeah and I wanted to you know kind of, I I, I don't want George to think that we were trying to set him up or yeah. you know, play gotcha and I was like just so you know George. We're going to go to the studio, and the guy may or may not have a shirt on because Bert doesn't wear a shirt. Right. He's got tactile issues. Yes. And uh, George George looked at me, and he goes, is he the kind of man that can pull that off? <laughs> and I was like, I'll let you figure that out for yourself. Yeah. And then we opened the door, and sure enough, Bert is shirtless and stands up and screams. It was, oh. uh, that, was, Ooh, that was great. My. You have your breasts out. Yeah, that was awkward, <laughs> the whole thing. So it now you're, I mean, Bert. Responding to him like he was at the top of a roller coaster, like he put both of his hands up and was like, "Oh my god!" 
Their interaction was absolutely hysterical. Uh, um, a, a very close second, the time that you hit the dump button and fell out of the chair was really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the this greatest. Was, this was back when we were in with the old setup, and Mike and I, Mike and I worked in an office, and we couldn't yes. see or hear things pre-delay. Oh. So we hear everybody's kind of low-key, and then I hear Bill laugh. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And then Dude. we found out during the break that... I I I don't think I've ever laughed that hard on the show. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. I was I can't believe you heard me laugh cuz I was all the way in the corner by that point. Because we were talking about Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Mansion and I was like, "What about that grotto?" And he's like, "F that grotto." Or, I don't know. No, and grotto. I was like, "Oh yeah, the the germs in that F and grotto, and I just said it. And then like, I was, like, I was not. It, it did not even occur to me. Yeah. yeah, you got up to hit the dump button, and when you did it, you were so frantic that you kicked the chair out behind you and went to sit back down and just fell. Yeah, it was just, which oh. is really rare for him because Randy had this unbelievable, still has this unbelievable ability. When he hits the dump button, it's like Dr. J taking off from the free throw. Oh, yeah. 360 and behind the back and right. over the head. He dumps better than I can only yeah. imagine than anybody. There's so much style to it. It's, yeah. a, it's a production. You, take, you like, take great dumps, Randy. Thanks. That's what we're trying to say. That's what I, I try to do. Um, you slam that button. <laughs> like, yeah. I want everybody to know, in case it goes to court, I want witnesses <laughs> that I slam dunk yeah. that thing so I don't get stuck with the fine. Uh, all right. Well, we're we're really proud of you, and I'm sorry it took thank so you. long to get you Good out job, here. But Slack, Zach. you're the best, and thank you so much for everything you've done for us. And you're gonna kick ass down there. Thank you guys. And uh, you know, uh, what, like, what is, it, is it Monday morning you start right away? Uh, the twelfth, actually. My okay. first week. I'm just kind of in town and Good. you know figuring out the scene. And all right, well, do gangbusters the, and then uh, bounce the to the next stop from there. You're a radio rat. This is you know you're gonna get on there and school those guys. It should be fun. Now we got to brainwash somebody else into doing all this stuff. <laughs> That's really That's the, hard the hard part. part. Sally's going to cry. I bet you Sally cries saying goodbye to you. That's, uh... You forged a relationship with Sally, unlike most people have been able to. By the way, can I, uh, quick Sally story. Sure. She, she went out. We had a, we had a, you, you put on a nice dinner, Randy. Thank you very much last week. Oh, yeah. It was a going away dinner. And Sally gave me a card, like a congratulations <laughs> card, which is very nice, very yeah. nice of her. Um, however, on the outside of the card, it was addressed to Sally. <laughs> <laughs> so at first I thought maybe she was regifting me a card. Which would have been cool. Which, and I opened it up and it was written by Sally, you know, had a little handwritten note and it was from Sally. Dear Sally. So it was from Sally to Sally, <laughs> which is the most Sally thing ever. It was pretty Sally. Yes. Yeah, Sally, Sally. <laughs> a lot of right. Sally. She'll be in. Also, Rick Seaback. Val's got news uh, coming up here in just a little bit. we got to talk to Gene Collier. He's at the Super Bowl, too. What do you got? We're going to talk about a local resident involved in Super Bowl Sunday. All right. That's next. DB. Now, this is an odd one. Man looking for a woman. EMT. Very awkward. Tough to make this one happen. You were at my house for a call. You have long, dark hair with some of it shaved. I like shaved. You thought, I thought you were very, very sexy. You asked if it was the right address. How did I start my vehicle? Okay, this Without is- Without my hands. <laughs> Push start. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> The, 
so when you hear that, boy, it leaves the, the, it open to interpretation how it really went down there. Because it doesn't seem to me like that was a she's going to search Craigslist encounter. <laughs> no. This is a classic man interpreting signals wrong, like, what, we made out for like two hours. I was giving you CPR. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Because I felt some tongue. Randy Bowman <laughs> and the DVD Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, with us earlier this morning doing misconnections. <laughs> Did one more there for uh, Slack on his way out. Um, yeah, every guy. If Every guy. It doesn't matter. A woman could work at the bank and say, can I help you? And that guy goes, oh, mm. so help me. Mm. I'd like to make, make a deposit. deposit. Uh, what do you got going on there, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It is 12 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. The Pentagon is accusing Russia of flagrantly violating existing agreements and international law. After one of its military jets buzzed a U.S. Navy surveillance plane in international airspace above the Black Sea, the Navy pilots say the Russian plane flew within five feet and forced them to end their mission prematurely. I mean, Russia's defense ministry insists its plane operated strictly in accordance with international rules and maneuvered to prevent the U.S. plane from entering Russian airspace. This is the latest air encounter between the U.S. and Russian jets. There have been a number of tense moments over the past few years in the airspace over the Black Sea and Syria. Well, you know, they're just doing whatever they want. Not Not like we're going to do anything about it. Despite a concerted effort over the past three years, Pennsylvania has the second most structurally deficient bridges in the U.S. The U.S. Department of Transportation study says the Commonwealth has 4,173 bridges listed as deficient, the equivalent of 18 percent of all bridges in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's rapid bridge replacement program has replaced 558 bridges over the last three years. My favorite, my favorite stat was when I found out that the Liberty Bridge was 90 years old and was built that long ago to last 50 years. Yeah. It's just 40 years past due. 500,000 people drive over it every day. I mean, I'll I'll drink milk a little bit after the expiration <laughs> date. But this is uh, it's, 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 uh, quite a quite a wide berth we've risky. given them. Probably shouldn't have set that one on fire, you know? Kind of feels like we're tempting it. <laughs> Would you rather tell someone your weight or the balance in your bank account? According to a survey by investing app Acorns. What if they're the same? <laughs> 68% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 44 said they'd much rather talk about their weight than money. If, uh, yeah. if you want to forget the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again and the Steelers aren't, there is a Pittsburgh tie to Super Bowl Sunday. It's the Puppy Bowl. A former resident of Animal Friends will be one of the dogs in Animal Planet's Puppy Bowl 14. According to an article in Pittsburgh Magazine, <laughs> Dak is a treeing walker coon hound. 90 pups from shelters all over the country will be featured. All the dogs appearing as well as the cats appearing were b- available for adoption. Now, this was filmed back in September, so much like Dak from Animal Friends, he's been adopted. Uh, so... A lot of those dogs and cats probably adopted, but staff members from Animal Friends accompanied him to New York City to film that uh, puppy bowl, like I said, back in September, and that is on the Animal Planet this Sunday. That is a way less infuriating tie to Pittsburgh <laughs> than the James Harrison one. Yes. Right. That I'm going to try to ignore aggressively throughout Just, the game. Just, you know, soothe yourself with the puppy bowl. 
Nothing's better. Was there, I, a, was there a State can. of the Puppy Union last night that you could have watched? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I wish there <laughs> that was. That would be hilarious. Just puppies up there barking. Probably sound a lot alike. <laughs> Just as much crap. And a local charity bringing stray Puerto Rican pets back to Pittsburgh to be adopted. South, pa- South Park-based Fur Kid Rescue headed to Puerto Rico to help with the continued Hurricane Maria recovery by rescuing dogs that have been abandoned on the island. So far, officials say 12 dogs have been rescued. Fur Kid Rescue's goal is to rescue up to 200 dogs from Puerto Rico. We all make impulse buys, but what do we buy? What would you say the number one thing is that you guys impulse buy? I guess I buy books a lot that I don't read. I'm like, that sounds like something I would like to read, and then I buy it because there's like an Amazon link there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe workout gear? Well, books is on the top 10 list. Is workout it? gear is not. The number one impulse buy overall is candy. Oh, I impulse. I, okay. I But books is on the list. Really? Yes. I was thinking online, but I guess impulse buy, just well, like when you're standing at a supermarket. Either way. And get these Skittles. Yeah, candy. that's probably my my number one. I would love to know the revenue coffee shops get from all the other stuff in the coffee shop. Because half the time when I go into the coffee shop, I've convinced myself, "Oh, I want a coffee," but I really don't. I just want like something else that they have there. A cake pop. And I'll be like, <laughs> "Just give me like a three ounce coffee and, and a big piece of cake." Yeah, let me get two scones. Just just the smallest coffee possible that will register this as a coffee visit. And not me just going to eat a bunch of crap. You know what? Let me get that Nelly Furtado CD as well. <laughs> yeah. And grab that. And her biography. Do you have any Fiona apples anywhere around? Bill, you might, you could probably squeeze in the list. Clothing is number two on the list. Yeah. So I guess workout gear that qualifies. But takeout for dinner, impulse buy? Definitely. You get jammed up. Nobody wants to make dinner. Yeah. Coffee, lunch or dinner. I don't know how that differs from takeout, but I guess that's just... I'm going to run out and get something to eat, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Books, beauty products, shoes, magazines or newspaper, and underwear or socks. (sighs) Impulse? Like, weren't planning on buying underwear and socks and you just do? That doesn't seem... Yeah, that's never happened to a guy. I think that's that's a must. I got to go right now and buy underwear. Yeah. Yeah, the we, guy, it's like, it's usually dirty. a forced purchase. Like somebody in your life is like, go buy underwear. <laughs> What's wrong with you? All of your plaid boxers are blown out at the, at the waistband. <laughs> Hanging by a thread. Stained up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, disgraced Hollywood executive Harvey Weinstein's lawyer says actress Rose McGowan's claim that Weinstein raped her is a lie. Ben Brathman made the denial in a statement to USA Today. McGowan shot back on Twitter calling Weinstein a thief and saying the attorney and people who aid predators are scoundrels. Yesterday's back and forth came as McGowan's documentary series and her book Brave debuted. McGowan's book graphically describes a sexual assault she says happened during the 1997 Sundance Film Festival. And Nicole Eggert talked about how she was allegedly molested by Scott Bayo in yesterday's Megyn Kelly Today show. Uh, the Charles in Charge actress said, quote, we started filming the show in September of 86 when I was 14 and he immediately took to me and befriended me and earned my trust. And then he started expressing his love for me and talking about marriage in the future. And then I was still 14 before my 15th birthday. We were at his house, in his car, in his garage, and he reached over and did something I can't repeat on the radio. And he was 26? Uh, 
Yeah, I think he was 12 years older than her. Uh, she said that is when the sexual touching abuse started after that. Uh, she said the alleged abuse happened quite often through the age of 16. She said it was particularly difficult because he was the boss and he was also telling her, you can't tell anybody this is illegal. I'll go to jail. The show will be over. Everyone will be sued. You'll be out of, out of a job. You'll ruin everyone's life. She said it's scary and intimidating, especially when you're that young. She addressed saying in the past that she lost her virginity to Scott when she was of legal age. She said, quote, what my truth is, is that I wasn't ready to tell my story. And for me, it was always protecting the show and protecting the whole legacy that nothing happened there. That was my delusion and my cover up always. End quote. Scott Bayo denies all the claims, except he did say that they had one consensual sexual encounter when she was an adult. So, which I, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, but. it's, you know, trick, the tricky territory all, and, you know, people were attacking her for saying, well, you said it didn't happen, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you said, oh, it was very innocent, you know, when you were an adult and like she said, well, yeah, I just wasn't ready, ready to come so, forth and tell everything. I, I don't know. And a former star of the TV show Glee is reportedly dead. TMZ says Mark Salling killed himself and his body was found near the L.A. River in Sunland where he lived. Uh, It's unclear how he died. Some reports say he hung himself. There are also reports that say Salling cut both wrists last year before pleading guilty to having child porn, something his lawyer denies. Well, it's a feel-good newscast, Val. Yeah. Well, um, not many of them are anymore. Yeah, no, this is just the news now. He was expected to be sentenced to several years in prison as part of a plea deal in March. Uh, He was 35. Windy, warmer today. Temperatures around 40 degrees for the high. Still pretty cold, though. We're only at 12 degrees at DVE. Well, the Super Bowl this coming Sunday in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and there to cover it for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is uh, our friend, the inimitable Gene Collier. Gino, good morning. How are you? Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Uh, What's you up, know, Gene? coming to the uh, you know acceptance part of the uh, you know phases of denial yeah. with the Steelers being out of it. Okay, it's the Patriots. Uh, no, no, no. The Steelers are here. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. Everything's fine. Well, I yeah. Franco's there. I think yeah. <laughs> the boss is there. Juju's there. James Harrison's here. Yes, James Harrison is definitely there. The one stat we had this morning that was um, kind of. Uh, uh, eye-opening was the fact that the Patriots roster, Bill Belichick has more undrafted people on his roster than any other team in the league. Like 34% of that roster wasn't even drafted, and most of those guys are starting. Yeah, I know. He's got incredible players. Uh, uh, Chong, Dion Lewis, for example, uh, Danny Amendola, who I wrote about today. Uh, apparently they have a decent eye for talent. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's any scoop. Right. Belichick is like the American picker of the NFL. He just knows where to go for the gold. Right. Bill, I got to tell you, uh, I was going to tell you this off the air, but everybody may as well know it. I think about you a lot in the shower. Are you still taking cold showers? Oh, yes. Yes, oh, I yeah. am. It's it's yeah. pretty difficult through these cold months. Yeah, I know. You, you know, it really, that bothers me like once every eight showers. I get in there and think about you. <laughs> Please stop doing that, or at least stop telling me yeah, about it. I, I, okay, yeah, okay, that's that. <laughs> Yeah, you've inspired people, though. I've had people come up and tell me that they started taking cold showers after the Mitch Fatel show. I'm not really? kidding. Yeah. Really? Wow. That's funny. Yeah. Weird. No, yeah, it works. It's uh, nature's coffee for your body. Good Lord. Yeah. This is really, it's really been a weird 
uh, experience. I, I don't know. This is why it has me thinking in this term. So, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, what is it, 42? Actually, everything I've been doing, I've been doing for a long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, usually when they say to me, hey, you want to go to the Super Bowl? I say, yeah. Uh, and usually when anyone says to me, hey, you want to go to the mall? I say, no. But now I'm at a Super Bowl that's in the mall. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't want to make you jealous, but I'm I'm spending eight nights at a courtyard in Bloomington, Minnesota, and it's right next to the mall, and that's okay. Except the whole Super Bowl is in the mall. That's where, that's where the interviews are. That's where the the workroom is, the media center, you know, the free food. It, you know, it's it's kind of has a groundhog a groundhog day feel to it. You know. Well, but I mean, at least if you get stressed out, Gene, you can hop over to Cinnabon and and take a ride on a roller coaster. Well, exactly. <laughs> Yesterday, I went into the Rainforest Cafe just to see some vegetation. You know, that's another thing. It's kind of cold. It's a little cold here. <laughs> that's strange setting for the media yeah. center and everything to have it all in a you know, in a mall where there is retail occurring all around you. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, usually uh, it's at a convention center downtown and, you know, not many people get in there except for, uh, you know, the media and whoever else. Right. It's exclusive. Yeah. But now, like Radio Row, for example, and you guys have a lot of experience on there. I mean, that's like like a petting zoo. I mean, people are walking through it constantly. They look at that guy. I, I know that guy. I know that. No, there are no autograph signs around. Like, who wants a, an autograph from one of us, really? But, right. <laughs> so, Gino, yeah. all right, the 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 feel going into this, of course, is it's an inevitability. The Patriots win another one. Brady, the Golden Boy, overcoming a gash on his hand with the magic of a TB12 glove, is going to rally his team. No matter what happens, if Gronk gets knocked out again, it won't matter. The no Patriots matter the always win. How do the Eagles change that narrative? Well, the Eagles, I think, have as good a chance as anybody who would be here. Uh, do they have, have as good a chance as anybody who's been in the game against uh, the Patriots? I don't know. But they do generate a lot of pressure, uh, more pressure than any team in the league this year. And as Tom gets up there now, like, what is he, 52, 53? Something like that. <laughs> you know, he's not managing the pocket quite as well as he normally does. I think the Eagles can win, and I think they will win. It's time for the Eagles to win. They have never won. They're one of the, what, um, I guess half the league has never won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think it's their time. I think it will happen. I really do. And you think I, they're going to win? Oh, wow. I do. I, I think they're going to win. And I will tell you that I've been to, uh, I think this is my 18th Super Bowl, and I have correctly predicted the winners of none of them. None. <laughs> well, <laughs> seems like you're really trying to uphold that, uh, that uh, standard there by picking yeah. the Eagles once again. You know, the, the Super Bowl the, it usually is like this reflection of the, the town that is the host city. Yeah. Uh, and you just mentioned you're in a mall. Um, you know, the Mall of America, of course, everybody knows. It's a very sort of Minnesota thing. But is there any other aspects to this outside of it actually being inside of a mall, uh, all of the media activity leading up to this event, that l- give it a distinct sort of Minnesota feel? Well, uh, you know, I've been to Minnesota in uh, Minneapolis in this area, I don't know, maybe eight or ten times for various things. And they're always really nice and always really nice now. Except now they are really pissed off because the Eagles not only beat the hell out of them, 
but threw stuff at their fans and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a low seas that they're doing. Right. And, you know, that, that's that's a little bit of a weird weird vibe. Not that they're not nice; they're very nice. But I could tell that they're pissed off. I, I talked to a couple people in the mall the other day, and uh, I, uh, and this, this was an easy column to write. All you had to do was find someone in Vikings gear who was mall walking. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, Bill. I, I know you appeared with Greg Warren uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. That's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite jokes of his. He always says, "If you're mall walking." It's over. Get your affairs in order. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered. I wondered, Gene, if there was if the Viking fans are giving the Eagles fans a tough time because you know we've been seeing a lot of these stories that are generating these these things that this retaliation that they're uh, pledging towards anybody that from Philadelphia that comes to their city. Yeah, I saw a sign. Uh, in a bar window that said, I actually didn't see that. I, I've been in the mall all week, but I saw a picture of a sign at a bar window downtown that said, Eagles fans, come on in and get hit by a beer. So that was- <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Eagles and the uh, Patriots, uh, the Super Bowl this weekend that the pa- that the Steelers should have been in. We sure. should have been there, but you know, yeah, we, know. we think we should have been. We should have won it all. We, we, yeah. We, we think Our the coach told us that. That's one of my wife's favorite things. When somebody says, "Hey, they should have won that game," so yeah, like every game, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, last question I have for you: as you're around all of the uh, embittered uh, media members uh, who yeah. are covering the Super Bowl, Gino, I, 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 I always like that scene of people just you know all the old grizzled vets hanging around a hotel bar, commiserating with one another. What yeah. what uh, what is the overall feeling of the state of your industry amongst your peers from all over the country? Is there there to cover the biggest uh, sporting event in the world? Um, well, you know it's it's changed so uh, radically over the years, and you know, it, does uh, it make people nicer to one another because they think, <laughs> "Wait, I might have to work for this guy, or I might need to work with this guy <laughs> soon enough." Yeah, everyone's being a little more careful. I would say that it's not it's not quite as raucous as it used to be, uh, but then neither am I. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's comfortable. You know, Gene Collier, read what he's got to say in the Post Gazette. He's in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, and uh, nice piece on Danny Amendola. And there's something sort of you know, uh, as Western Pennsylvanians, we kind of have this superiority complex uh, of our uh, upbringing in football and high school football. But Danny Amendola comes from another place, which is. Uh, uh, pretty much a, a football factory. Absolutely. He's right out of Friday Night Lights country, and, um, you know, his dad was a football coach. It was, you know, it's, it's, it looks like it was written by Bissinger himself. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they certainly wouldn't be in this game without him. He had a great conference championship game. He's a very clutch player. Uh, but as I said, he's going to get beat on Sunday. I would say like 30 to 17. There you go, 30 <laughs> to 17, Gene Collier's prediction. Gino, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Enjoy them all. I sure will, as I always do. Thank you, guys. Okay. We'll see you. Gene Collier from the <laughs> Great stuff, Post Gene. Gazette. All right, we got Rick C. back coming up in about Enjoy 20 your minutes. Showers. And we have uh, we got uh, Sally Wiggins stopping by. Uh, Sally Wiggins is coming in. She's supposed to. I mean, she's not here yet. Also, uh, Mark Madden will be uh, stopping by. Mark is Mark our... Mark Madden's. He's, uh, he's, he's calling out Juju, saying, yep, here we go, because he thinks Juju's going to be a, a, a heel Sooner than later. Mm. He's already calling it. Everyone's going to hate Juju. They're, he's going to drive everyone nuts. He took a picture with a Patriots fan where he's flipping <laughs> off the Patriots yeah. fan. 
I that made him more endearing to me. And Where, where's the problem? I don't know. Mark, Mark seems to have a problem with it. He goes, "Okay, here we go. This is it." <laughs> so we'll uh, ask Mark his thoughts on uh, what's going on in the Super Bowl with all the. I find it a little. I don't like to see all the Steelers, like the run to the Super Bowl, the Hawk products. Mm. You that's, know what I mean? That's what it is, though. I know it's always know? has been, but it always just like. Radio Row is like the QVC for these players. They're there in their T-shirts with whatever they're, whether, whether they're working for, yeah, whatever sponsor it is. I mean, having been there, it's hilarious when you're like interviewing Steve Smith, and at the end, you have to ask him about a shampoo. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> well, what it, I suppose there you go. We're here to talk about your sports shaved shampoo. head. <laughs> All right, Mike's got a sports update for you next. Pens with a nice W last night. Matt Murray in fine form back in goal. Uh, after a uh, a long hiatus for the month of January. That's next. DVE. From the DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on DVE. Mike, what's up? 5-2 Penguins over the Sharks last night. That's 9-3 and three in January for the Penguins. And three more goals for Evgeny Malkin. That's 12 goals in 12 games in January. For Malkin, uh, things are starting to fall into place for the Penguins, and Malkin and the Penguins are feeling it. Yeah, of course. Like it's, uh, we're back to playoffs for sure, and uh, we 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 have more confidence right now. I mean, like it's a more fun. It is more fun. Back to playoffs for sure. Maybe a little uh, Malkin get a little ahead of himself there, but uh, at least now they are looking up at the Washington Capitals in the Metropolitan Division for first place, as opposed to looking up at the two wildcard teams from outside the line. Uh, the Penguins are certainly in a much better position. They appear to be getting their feet under them, and uh, they appear to uh, be finding their game once again. Uh, Mike Sullivan uh, talk, talked about that in detail last night as it relates to why Malkin is having so much success of late. Well, he can score, and you know, one of the things that we liked about the line that he's on right now is, is I think Haggy and Horny are – Two north-south guys that are uh, that play a straight-ahead game, and and I think as a result they, they become a line that's that's pretty conscientious and is a pretty solid 200-foot line, and we can play them against anybody. And Gino becomes the most dangerous threat, and so as as we say all the time, you know we want him to shoot the puck. You know he's the he's the the best goal scorer on that line. So when he gets opportunities, he's got to think, shoot the puck first and let those other guys hunt rebounds or go to the net or get a deflection or, you know, create their offense off of that. And so I think he's he's thinking shoot more and the puck was in the net for him. He's, he's as good a scorer as there is in the league. And, uh, and, and one of the things that we like about the line that he's on right now is he's the most dangerous threat and he's thinking, I'm going to shoot the puck. Well, hockey, the absolute worst sport for nicknames. No creativity. You just Haggy put a Y on the end of it. Yeah. Haggy. Haggy and Horny are two of the worst nicknames in a sport <laughs> of bad nicknames. It sounds like a bar out by the airport. <laughs> <laughs> or a Old broads be... looking for action. A couple of aging uh, porn actresses working. I think that's what club. they call the Today Show starting at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if James Harrison had played hockey instead of football, he wouldn't be Debo. He'd be Jamesy. Harry. 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 <laughs> Harry. But, hey. Uh, Deebsy. 
if that's the worst thing going uh, with the Penguins right now, everybody can live with that. Nine and three is nine and three. What? Take what it. does Debo come from? Some cartoon. I no, believe. no, Debo is from Friday, oh. the movie. Oh, yeah. Debo is like the 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 bully in the neighborhood. That's my bike, punk. The tough guy. Also, That's pretty much him too. Penn's got uh, two goals and an assist out of Brian Russ last night. His first two goals since November twenty seventh. Matt Murray, uh, spectacular at times in net while turning aside forty shots. His first start since January the fourth. Penn's have uh, the Caps coming to town on Friday night, and then they'll be at New Jersey on Saturday night. Uh, Alex Smith is going from Kansas City to Washington. The reported trade will send a third round pick to the Kansas City Chiefs, as well as cornerback Kendall Fuller. And the Redskins uh, have also reportedly agreed to terms with Smith on a four-year contract extension that's going to include $71 million in guaranteed money at 34 years of age. Wow. He, he's not going to win the Super Bowl, but Alex Smith just won. He won the 2017 no season. And Kirk Cousins, the guy he's going to replace in Washington, he's not going to win the Super Bowl either, but he's going to win the 2018 offseason. Yeah, they both have to like that. For what that's worth. Wow. Say this for the Redskins. They make moves. They're not always real smart no, moves. That, but they, they, that guy's definitely active. They make moves. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is still in the concussion protocol, but he says he expects to play Sunday. But Tom, he told it to a plant in the corner, which is <laughs> not a good sign. It's not encouraging. No. Tom Brady uh, said he's still not 100%, but uh, he's working on it. Uh, some really insightful stuff uh, from Brady yesterday talking about the 12 stitches he recently had removed from his throwing hand. Quote, it's obviously a very important part of my body for a quarterback. Your hand. You yeah, he's a witch. Didn't really know that. Thanks, Tom. Uh, I just want to retouch the Terry Bradshaw stuff for a minute. We all know he's got an axe to grind. and He does. He says whatever pops into his head most times anyway, but I think he's got a point this time. I well, I said it. I think he has a point, but he also didn't know who they hired as offensive coordinator because part of his no. argument was having a. But it's still a different guy. Continuity. It's still a different guy, and Figner will, you know, he might be coloring within the same lines, but he might use different colors. Uh, it, there will be a. He has not been the play caller before. Of course, he probably won't have to worry about that because Ben will be the play caller. <laughs> right. But uh, you know, axe to grind at all. I think that the. the residual effect of this is that they are under pressure now. People are going to be talking about this all next season offensively and defensively. Why did you make the changes you made and why didn't you make more changes on the other side of the ball? Well, again, all the people who were were criticizing Mike Tomlin and were told uh, by people defending Mike Tomlin that, hey, nobody's been better than Mike Tomlin except for Bill Belichick. And, you know, nobody else has been able to figure him out either. Well, all of the things that people were bitching about sort of came to a head in those the Patriots game and in the Jaguars game. Yeah. And that lack of preparation, I still don't believe that all of the off-the-field stuff has that huge of an effect on anything. If you win, it doesn't matter. Correct. You know, 85 Bears were full of, you know, clowns. The, the, yeah. That Red Sox team so were the the, that broke the curse were Steelers just and, yeah. a bunch of sideshows. Uh, so you can do it that way. But when you don't... You have to answer. Yeah, that's that. That is an absolute. Yeah, if you win, you get to make the rules, and if you don't, it's because you're not following the rules. 
Rick Seaback, mm. he's got a new documentary, Meet, M-E-A-T, Meet Pittsburgh. He's coming in. I don't know. Is he, is he here? Does he have meat? Is he is he holding holding meat? All right. Well, we'll find out. That's on the way. DV. <laughs> it's the DV Morning Show. Forgot. I, I mean, I forgot that before we had Rick Seaback coming in here, I got my uh, times mixed up. I goofed up. Mm-hmm. Because good, when- Good producer would have caught that. And- well, it's Slack's last day, so he didn't care that I was messing up. <laughs> Yeah, He's school's got one out foot for out summer. the door. Yeah, that's right. He's got his bug out bag sitting by the exit. Time for Borky. My favorite part coming up. Phil Bork joining us right now on the DVE Morning Show. Hey, man. Can we uh, refresh everybody's memory of uh, who that is singing the uh, Chip walk-up music? Chip Demonic. Chip Demonic. Any yeah. chance we can get them in studio? Sometime? Have Chip do it live. Oh, yeah. Or, live. It's better yeah, every time I hear it. Right. Seriously, if that doesn't get the juices flowing coming over the boards, I don't know what will. they got to do a whole song. Like, I need two minutes of that. With Yep. You need two minutes with the old 2-9er? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to take a little longer. <laughs> oh, I chuckle out of Val. I like that. <laughs> Borky, nice W for the boys last night. And uh, I guess uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff you could take out of that win. And the number one thing for me, and I think a lot of Penguins fans, mm-hmm. is seeing Matt Murray after that yeah. long of uh, a hiatus come back and perform at a high level like he did and instilling that sort of uh, uh, calm and uh, you know trust in his teammates there. It, it reflects on the team. I don't mind telling you. I got, Mikey asked me a little bit about uh, in our open uh, about Matt Murray and uh, just the, his thoughts and everything. I, don't mind, I got a little choked up just talk, just thinking about his day yesterday from the morning skate the whole day preparation. Oh yeah, and I'm sure your dad is with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, all you want is an athlete. You can talk to any athlete of any sport that just want to get on the field. You want to get on the ice. You want to get on to that kind of sanctuary, if you will, uh, where you feel the most comfortable. But I'm sure, you know, be- between stopping uh, 100 mile an hour uh, slap shots from Brent Burns, I'm sure he had moments uh, where he was thinking about his dad the whole time. I mean, it's the first time he's ever played a hockey game, and his dad wasn't. Watching, Watching, listening, in the stands there as he passed away recently. And uh, you can only imagine the the gamut of emotions he was going through. And he was was stellar. Man, was he good. He's up 40 or 42. Yeah. Best game of the year? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was really good in that Edmonton game, the the McDavid game earlier. Yeah, he had a solid game there too. But uh, of most recent memory, because there had been some games where he admitted – mediocre average were the words that he used and and he was right there was it just wasn't up to his standard that he had become accustomed to but last night he was just spot on and especially in the second period when they fired 23 pieces of vulcanized rubber his way do you (laughs) think that he felt any additional pressure i mean i i'd have a hard time believing that he uh thought about anything other than what you just mentioned but might there have been some additional pressure of i'm coming back from a long hiatus the fans have been waiting to see how i'm gonna do and the town has been let down by their two other franchises and are, are looking for us to once again be there for them. And, uh, you know, uh, nobody wants me to let them down in that yeah. regard either. 
Like they want to be able to count on the Penguins making a, a postseason rush here, and my performance tonight could uh, steer that one way or another. Those are all really good points, but knowing Matt Murray and knowing how he kind of oozes confidence and the maturity of a 10-year veteran being only 23 years of age, no, I don't think that was on his radar. Um, I'm sure there was a little bit of, man, I haven't had a start. I haven't had a really good, solid start uh, in a while here. I want to perform. If any pressure he was feeling was maybe from the performances of Casey DeSmith so recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mike Sullivan kind of put that all to rest for anybody who thought who might do any kind of goalie controversy or who's the number right. one goaltender. Mike Sullivan made it crystal clear. Matt Murray's our number one goaltender, and we want to get him back in there when the time is right for him to get back to performing up to his level as a number one. But is there, uh, I guess controversy is too strong a word, but uh, is there uncertainty as to who's the long-term number two? Well, I guess you could say that because uh, Casey the Smith is is kind of rocked the boat, so yeah. to speak. It's a little surprising, hmm. right? It? Uh, out of nowhere. And sure, the, the other kid was doing fine, I Tristan thought. Tristan Jari was, was doing very well. Uh, but you can't have three goaltenders here, especially when the first two are, are a little green around the edges. So you get them and, and play games. But yeah, Casey Smith, DeSmith really came out of nowhere. I mean, he's an undrafted player. You know, two years ago, he's a third string goalie in the stands and wheeling in the East Coast League. And as the dominoes fell, and, and Matt Murray went from Wilkesbury to Pittsburgh, he got to Wilkesbury and performed well. And next thing you know, he's he's here in the NHL and he's he's made a serious impact in this hockey club. And he's not going to play that much. So as long as he plays well, he's going to stay, right? Well, for now, yes. He's not going to play well, and then they'll ship him out. No, there's no reason. There's no reason to send him because Tristan Jari needs to play, right, Mikey? He needs to play. So, so having him or, down the does Wilkesbury, he need to play? Or does he need to learn how to be an NHL backup, which is what he would be here long term? I, I think in the interim, he needs to play. He needs to play. Considering Matt Murray hasn't played much, now you're going to play Matt Murray more, right? Because Matt Murray is quote unquote rested. He's, he should be ready to roll and play a significant amount of games there. So that means that if Tristan Jari was here, he's not going to play much. That's not good. That's not healthy for Tristan Jari. Down the road, yeah, maybe. If he is going to be that backup, he's going to have to learn to sit for you know 10 days, 12 days, and then get thrown right in there in the second of a back-to-back. That's the reality of a backup. So the Pens now uh, at the point where they seem to be turning it on, and you know we all criticized them, or at least observed. I don't know if it was a criticism. Like, ah, they're be, you know mentally fatigued. They're maybe physically tired too. They've been playing a lot of hockey the last couple of years. Uh, was it not so much that, or was the tired in overall term to sort of just describe the need for them to get that fire back? I I, I don't like talking about this because I feel like I'm making excuses. And you know right, what excuses are for what huh. losers. losers losers. Okay. Yeah. So I I don't feel that they were physically tired. But you can feel physically tired if you are emotionally and mentally tired. And I think the combination of the schedule coming out of the gate, which was just absolutely insane with the amount of back-to-backs and the travel and everything else, I think that did take a toll on them. On top of that, you had everybody gunning for you early hmm. on. Everybody, just they wanted a chunk out of you, and they wanted to knock you <laughs> off the top of the sandhill, right, and, and get the notch in their gun. Uh, and uh, the Penguins just didn't have their A game. And they're, they're healthy now. Let's all collectively knock on wood. Uh, and they're rolling four lines. And there's some nice internal competition on the back end for the defensemen. Uh-huh. And we're getting the goaltending. And we're just, we're, it's not like they flipped the switch, but they kind of did flip the switch. When the calendar flipped to 2018, this team said, giddy up, let's go. 
we're tired of flip-flopping around in the in the wild card position. Let's start hunting down the Washington Capitals. Gino's having a pretty good right? January. Yeah, Gino's on fire. It, it is. You just right, won like, two cups. Do you really right. care about Ottawa in November? It, I know you're a pro you, and all that. You do, but, right, Mike? You do, but it's tough. Yeah. It's re- It's just tough. It's so just hard. Don't fall out of it, and then <laughs> yeah. flip the switch and get on a roll and take care. Consciously of it. or subconsciously, yeah. I think that's what happened. I don't think it's a criticism, we'll but fine. I think it was clear that the urgency was not there. No, because there was in that stretch there where we were like, "What's ooh, what's going on with the Penguins?" Yeah. There was moments where they where there. they have unbelievable games. You're like, "Oh, there we are. There we're back," <laughs> and then bam, we'd fall right back again because it were the urgency wasn't there collectively. And this league is too good. I don't matter. It doesn't matter if you're playing Edmonton, Buffalo, Arizona. If you're not bringing it with 20 guys, you're probably not going to win. That's a reality of the league, and they know that. They realize that, and they've collectively pulled up their bootstraps. Looking at the way they lined up up front last night, what's the more significant element that you have two Wilkesbury guys giving you contributions in the four lines, or that you've got Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel split up? The latter. The latter. That because, seems to be gaining some traction. For, Three-headed monsters back in effect. You got that right, Crow. Uh, you know, For the opposition to try to defend the Penguins, you think you go out on the ice like, okay, I, I got the scouting report. I know what to expect. And then Mike Sullivan is just curveball after curveball after curveball <laughs> because you got the three-headed monster all on different lines going in, but then you go on the ice. Last night on that big goal late in the second period, who's on the ice? Gino. Horny and Phil. Now, Horny and Phil are both right-hand shots. What, what is going on here? How do you defend against that? You just don't know who's going to be out on the ice. And Mike Sullivan, just he kind of has his finger on that pulse of who's going, who's not going, who should I throw out then? And obviously, being on home ice and having a last change is, is a big-time difference maker. The other uh, lingering question on D. Ian Cole has played two games in a row now again. Really good. They've won both games. Yep. The, the sun did not. Stop rising in the east and setting in the west. What is going? Are they trying to motivate him? Do they want to get rid of yeah. him because of his contract? Does the coach not like him? Do they really think Hunwick's better than him? I I don't have a great answer for you because I'm a huge Ian Cole fan. I think he's I think a everybody warrior. Is, yeah, right? I think everybody is. So uh, I don't know. I, I just love. I love. He's such a pro that you know you'd see him and you know he's absolutely killing him. Sitting seven s- straight games. This happened to him a couple of years ago where he sat a whole month. I think it was 11 straight games. Yeah. January, right? And he still had the, the smile on his face, and, and he was still a good teammate. I think this time it, it took a, a kind of a toll on him, took a stripe off him, but he gets right back in there, and he's chipping in with points. He's blocking shots. He's helping the PK, and he's making a statement right now, Mikey, and this is what you want to see. Whatever, for whatever reason it was, and who knows what it was, the reason that he was out, whatever his reason it is, he's now making the decision almost impossible to take him out of the lineup. He's, and that's what you have to do. Say, you know what? Go take somebody else out because it's not going to be. Don't look at 28 anymore to take <laughs> out of the lineup. I'm going to show you. I want to be in there. And there's nobody else to take out, right? Not now. And him and uh, Jamie Alexiak has been a really yeah. good pairing with Alexiak, left-hand shot playing the right side. He doesn't miss a beat. Well, before we let you go, uh, I wanted to ask you about the All-Star game, but there's no point. It, it seems like there's just no impact from the All-Star game for the for the NHL. Um in terms of like, you know, oh, yeah, everyone's talking about it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Um, but Yammer Yager. Yep. The uh, long run coming to an end. And, I mean, you know him pretty well. You've played with this guy. Yeah. This guy, he's pretty good. Incredible. It, can you yeah. – I know where he ranks, in, you know, with statistically. Um, but how do, you, how do you talk about Yammer Yager's career in the NHL? 
Amazing. The longevity and the numbers and the, and the big games, the big goals. I mean, for me, the, the first thing that jumps into my brain is game one against Chicago and that goal that he scored where he went through about 18 different guys and then went <laughs> backhand five hole on Eddie Belfour. Uh, that one will forever be etched in my mind. But also, a couple of those ones against Jersey in '99. Too. Know, has everybody in this room had their heart broken at one time? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I still have that residual feeling from when he went to the Philadelphia Flyers. And I have a tough time letting it yep. go. And I think someday that he will be honored. Really? Here. I am shocked by that. I, I think someday. I hate the Flyers, man. I know you I, do, and, but and, like <laughs> we thought it was done. It was, it was, wait a minute, a you time. went to the Rangers. Hold on, I went to the. I went. Wait a minute. That's because the, the Penguins didn't want to sign me. The Penguins didn't want me anymore. They didn't want to sign me. I and I was an unrestricted free agent. The Penguins did want to sign Yager. Everything yeah, but was, not for what the Flyers wanted to pay him. Okay, it was this much more. It was just a little <laughs> bit more. He's holding his thumb and his forefinger together very okay? close. <laughs> and we were ready as a community to say, you know what? We boo the living daylights out of you when you were playing for all these other teams with Washington, the Come Rangers. Back. It was time. It's time, Yags. Come, Come home. back. <laughs> Come home. We're ready for you. The arms are open. Let's embrace. Right. Let's have a team hug. Yeah. And he went right here <laughs> and said, no, I'm going to the team you hate the most. I'm going to the Flyers. And I probably need to let that go. No, that was brutal. Let that go. You think? No, that's brutal because we're going through it right now with James Harrison going to the Patriots. It is the worst possible location for a a star that you love. Yeah, and you know what? Time will heal all, and he'll go over playing the Czech League, and he'll continue to make his his big money, and then finally he'll ride off into the sunset. And time will heal all, and there'll be a time when he'll come back, and we'll all embrace him and honor him for for what he did because he did some amazing things here in Pittsburgh well, on correct, the ice. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this. The One of the weird aspects of him not signing here and going to Philadelphia was that he and Mario have always had this really strange dynamic in that he worships Mario and right. looks up to him. But for some reason, I don't know, it just seems to me like those two, uh, they weren't as fast friends, as much fast friends as maybe... I don't know, maybe, but they both wanted to be. Yeah. I could have that wrong, too. But it seemed to me that more than being willing to sign Yarmir Yager and bring him back, it, it represented like this olive branch, for lack of a better way of Well, Yogg's also contextualizing says things, it. and it's kind of like throwing a rock in the middle of a pond because he likes to see the reverb, and he likes to see the ripples right. after he says things. And you know what? I actually believed you, Yogg's, when you said... I owe everything in my career to, to Mario Lemieux. Yeah. And hopefully someday I can come back to Pittsburgh. I would play for minimum salary to come back and show <laughs> Mario how much he meant to me. So we gave him minimum? Anyone no, come. We gave him a lot more than minimum, and he said... Yeah, right. <laughs> he did the thing again, folks. Yeah. yeah. One finger salute. Yeah. yeah. And so... With the elbow action. You know what? That's, that's Yogg's. He's bounced around. He's played for a lot of different teams. I do find it interesting that his first two years in the National Hockey League, he wins a Stanley Cup in both and never won another one after that. Douchebag Yager. No, nah, well, I don't know if I go that far, but he... Uh, I don't know, I thought yeah. he was, was an really, emotional time. He was an incredible pain in the ass to deal with at times for the media, but yeah. I, I'm just looking at the body work. I'm blown away by those incredible. numbers. Incredible. I mean, incredible. And, and then he did as much as he did here in Pittsburgh, 11 yeah. years, and how many of his points, half of them, maybe close to half of them, yeah. uh, his body of work, his signature stuff is here, and I think 68 should be up in the roof at some I, point. I, I agree with you, too. I mean, as much as, as that chafes me, 
Um, you know, you can't <laughs> yeah. deny what he did here. And uh, like I said, in a couple years, three years, however long it is, when we don't hear his name anymore, and then all of a sudden you hear that the Penguins are going to have a ceremony, I think we'll all embrace How about it. What if Instead he burns of- the jersey at the ceremony, the, the Philly Flyers jersey? <laughs> Would that help? That would help a lot. We would bury it. <laughs> it would help a lot. How about yeah. instead of the jersey, we hang the mullet? <laughs> just a mullet? Just a mullet <laughs> hanging. <laughs> I mean, he's already up there. They got that scoring champions banner, yeah. and he's up there five times his yeah. name. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, look, we, we went way, way over, but it's always worth it when talking to the old 2-Niner, Bill Bork, and uh, you're back in action uh, when? Friday. 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 Caps are in town. Nice. Yeah. You betcha. 7.30? I think that might be a 7 o'clocker. 7 o'clocker on a Friday. Uh, You can listen to the old 2-9er Phil Bork alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang on our brother station, your home of the Pens, 105.9 The X. Borky, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael. (laughs) This was an awesome time. I really enjoyed it, and it was. Good hockey talk. Okay. I would love to know the revenue coffee shops get from all the other stuff in the coffee shop. Because half the time when I go into the coffee shop, I've convinced myself, oh, I want a coffee, but I really don't. I just want like something else that they have there. Like cake pop. And I'll be like, <laughs> just give me like a three-ounce coffee and, and a big piece of cake. Yeah, let me get two scones. Just, just the smallest coffee possible that will register this as a coffee visit and not me just going to eat a bunch of crap. You know what? Let me get that Nelly Furtada CD as well. <laughs> yeah. Grab that. And her biography. Do you have any Fiona apples anywhere around? Randy Bauman and the DVD. I do maintain still, though, that Starbucks needs to have a Dairy Queen line. You know what I mean? They need to have, like, this is for Dairy Queen. Yeah, this is for the milkshakes. And this is for people who want coffee. Because you go there sometimes and there's an 11 year old girl. (laughs) Well, to me, that's why they have all the other stuff because it takes so long to make those foo foo drinks. You need a snack. That you're just sitting there waiting around. You and you could be buying some other stuff. Val, what do you got going on over there? Well, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 11. It's 16 degrees at DVE, and we are quite late. It's 13 minutes after 9, in case anybody's (laughs) thinking that it's 9 o'clock and... Hey, I'm right on time for work. No, no, yeah. you're, no late. you're late. No, you're super late. Get your uh, ass into work. Officials in Mount Lebanon are concerned their unofficial neighborhood mascot is becoming a little too much of a distraction. I don't know if you guys uh, you guys have seen this. Neighbors say Stu, the not-so-friendly wild turkey, is attacking cars and disrupting traffic on Washington Road, which runs right through like, think the I've business run, district of... I think I've run you ran, into him. You ran, oh, you yeah. ran into him? Yeah. Not literally. No, he tried to run into my car. Uh, residents are concerned people are getting out of their cars to chase him off the road. A local animal control officer says, Stu has very sharp spurs on the back of his legs and he can use them if he feels threatened. Telling you, turkeys so are Stu. terrifying. I don't know when their mating season is. I think Why don't they shoot the this fall. turkey? Why don't uh, they shoot it? Yeah. Or well, capture it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Call human, it. Wait, he's one, quite elusive. Why don't they humanely capture it and release it somewhere? You would have no idea what to do if a turkey ran full speed at you. I've, dude, I've had it happen up in Lebo before w- Bird Park. W- what'd you do? I, you know, I was terrified. Yeah. I tried to. I yelled. I tried to be big. I got big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breeding can is. begin as early as the end of March, so we are way early. They would not be breeding yet unless they're okay. just practicing. <laughs> It was a full moon last night. Maybe it's a were turkey. Maybe. <laughs>
It's a possibility. Uh, exercise can make you happy, but only if you do it enough. When you work out, your brain perceives exercise as stressed and puts you into a fight-or-flight mode, releasing endorphins to block feelings of fear or pain. If you're out for a run rather than, say, being chased by a lion, those mm-hmm. endorphins make you happy. Or but a turkey. Or a, or a wild turkey. Studies reveal that working out three times a week not good enough to make those happy feelings last. You need to work out for at least 20 minutes every day to keep those good vibes going. Good to know. <laughs> Can you work out for an hour one day and then not for three more? Or? No. I don't. Right. Well, maybe. I don't know. No, Just you can't do that. Good exercise no. is no, running away from to- the turkey. Is walking the dogs considered? Is that a euphemism? Yeah. All right. Well, then I get lots walking of Walking the turkey? Finally, O.J. Simpson is allowed to keep his money for now. A judge in Los Angeles rejected a request to have the former NFL star turn over profits from autographs to satisfy a civil judgment, which is now at over $70 million. I would guess O.J. going to have a tough time paying that back. The claim was filed on behalf of the family of Ron Goldman, who was murdered alongside Simpson's ex-wife in 1994. The judge said the Goldman's uh, father wasn't able to identify who is paying Simpson, so they tossed the case which is unfortunate. He's going to have to sign a lot of footballs. Yeah, windy and warmer, 40 degrees for the high today, still pretty cold. It's 19 now at DVE. You know, uh, our friend Rick Seaback has another documentary that's going to air on Thursday night. I'm excited about on this On WQED, one. 8 p.m., the second show in the Nebby series, which was a Kickstarter-funded uh, series. Uh, now, this one is Meet Pittsburgh, M-E-A-T, wow. Rick Seaback joining us right now, and yes. he gets a round of applause. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for bringing sausage and peppers. <laughs> don't, yeah. thank, don't thank me, thank Ernie Ritchie and Ritchie's Italian Sausage. All right, who who wrote this music? Uh, this is by Tom Roberts, yeah. who is a piano player here in town. He he composed the music for our first Nebby show, A Short History of Route 88, and we had so much fun, we brought him back. So he, nice. he did a meat-inspired composition? He did, although he is a pescatarian. He does not eat meat. He only eats fish. But uh, he said he would do it. He would try to make it work. Right. And uh, we recorded him on the Johnny Costa Steinway in Studio B. So, you know, it's kind of revered. And he he was so excited the first time he saw that piano. He goes, this is Johnny Costa's piano. Nice. From uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So. Yeah, Um. it's got that vibe. It's good. It makes me think of meat. Okay, so the... uh, (laughs) This documentary, Rick, tell me about, first of all, what made you want to chronicle meat? I don't know. I think I just, uh, uh, you know, I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what specifically, you know, when you think of, like, when I think of uh, towns like Chicago, I think of specific, like, sausages and brats and, and ribs. And when I think of Pittsburgh, I guess I think of basically just sausage. I, I mean, I, I don't I, know what other well, meat. Well, that's it. It was a question I asked everybody we interviewed. You know, if I say meet Pittsburgh, what 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 meat do you think of? And we got some, you know, assorted answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I like hot dogs. That's you know, mm-hmm. I, I like to think of Pittsburgh as a hot dog kind of town. But uh, you, you know, that's a dog sausage dog. too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kobasi was the most popular answer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were well into it before I said like, you know, oh, we got to find somebody that makes kobasi. And so looking around, I actually, you know, what it was was I was in Woolies. <laughs> And I was talking to one of the uh, Sam Woolley, and he he said, "Well, let me get the meat buyer to come out and let's talk about it, because there's a kind of of uh, uh, kobasi called smurdels. It's Slovenian." And I said, "Like, where's that made? Who who makes that?" And they said, oh, "It's not made in town anymore. It still has the label on it, you know, from Pittsburgh, but 
it's not made in town anymore. And he goes, you should go out to uh, Albert's in Washington County to Green Valley Packing. Mm-hmm. And there, I didn't realize they're the largest meat packer left in town or left in the area. Right. Um, not really in town. I'd never been to Taylor's Town before. Mm-hmm. And uh, this had to be the most fun to to research. Well, I you know. <laughs> It's funny. I think some people are turned off by it, just turned off by the idea, even. But to me, I just I, I want to know how this stuff is done. Um, you know, some people say don't 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 look w- to see how laws and sausages are made, but <laughs> I, I want to see how they're made. So, how has the farm to table craze changed the meat production in this area? It has it at all? No, because I think you know, uh, even like well, Richie Sausage, the you know, that gave me the sausage this morning. They, they can't find a local provider who could give them the quantity they need. We don't have a lot of big cattle farms and pig farms around here, so they got to get that in from elsewhere, you know, through one, the big suppliers. But like, uh, we we go to the Ace Hotel to the restaurant called Whitfield, and Beth Sozul is the the chef there, and yeah. she gets her lamb from Jamison Lamb Farm in uh, Latrobe, and she gets her beef from Bedford. And, you know, because they're, they're not getting a ton, but we were able to get there on a day when a side of beef was being delivered, and it's, it's so gigantic. <laughs> it's like a monster arrives on a truck, you know, <laughs> and they have to break it down. So, um, and having had dinner there, it's just astounding how great the meat is when it's grass-fed and it's local. You do you do notice a difference. Yeah. So how did you organize a documentary about meat? I didn't organize it at all. I'm just lucky. <laughs> you uh, just went to, you just started in one place and kept going until you ran out of meat? Ex- well, sort of, yeah. We, we it sort of catches catch can and we say, well, we have this, you know. So if we do, we do one fancy restaurant, we don't want another fancy restaurant, right? You know, okay. So we have a lamb farm. We don't. There, there is, there are other lamb farms. In fact, I will say the biggest revelation I had from looking over the uh, the one sheet uh, of info on this is that it is not Jamison Farms. It's Jamison. Jamison. Yeah. I have mispronounced that on uh, every menu it's been on since <laughs> since. Uh, you know, yeah, the John last and five or six years, anyway. John and Suki, I, I thought they'd have like a staff and everything. We went out there on a Friday morning, socked in with fog. It is some of the most beautiful footage we've ever shot. Of Does it look like Scotland. It looks like I say Ireland in the yeah. show. I said you may think you're in Ireland, but it's uh, it's really beautiful. But the two of them run this farm and run the whole business in Latrobe. Mm-hmm. In Latrobe, mm-hmm. so they. Uh, you know, pack it up. They 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 base their mail order business on Omaha steaks, and they supply fresh meat to restaurants. They freeze it to be shipped, and uh, you know, they said Pittsburghers can drive out here, and we'll we'll you know, give them the stuff right here at the farm. It's just the two of them. It's pretty cool. And, That's uh, really cool. So you go through eight different places with uh, Jamison Farm, Whitfield, which is at the Ace, as you mentioned, and is it Salem's or Salem's Market and Grill? Um, I I have to remind it's it's. Salem's, mm-hmm. Salem's, and I say it is the most international place in Pittsburgh. Really, without question, you are in the United Nations when you walk into Salem's. No kidding. In, in the strip, and it it has a it has the thing I think was closest to an old fashioned butcher shop. They will cut any piece of meat you want. No pork, but right beef, goat, local goat. Um, one of their biggest selling things is local goat. Um, and everything is prepared according to Muslim law, so it's all halal. It's been bled. Uh, it's been blessed. And uh, Oh, they bless it. Yeah. When you slaughter uh, an animal, one animal can't see another animal being slaughtered. Told you, Bill. And mm. uh, they, they bleed them 
uh, and the the name of God has to be said as the animal is killed. So those seem to be the the laws. It's not quite as strict as kosher, where a rabbi has to be there. It just has to be done by a Muslim. Boy, that's a lot of that's a lot of requirement there. <laughs> There's a lot going into your meat there. <laughs> but so they have a, a restaurant where they serve all this food. In fact, they are so proud of their burgers. Where is that in the strip? It's it's out at twenty nine between 29th and thirtieth. So it's okay, not the busy part of the out. strip. So it's a little bit farther and out. And that is uh, how sort. how long has that been there? Uh, that's been there now uh, close to ten years. It oh. used to be in Oakland, right across from the post office on Bouquet Street. I remember that place. Yes, that was Masood Salem, and now his sons Abdullah and Abraham run it. And I don't know. I learned so much wow. while we were there, okay. and everything looks so good. So that was pretty cool. Showcase barbecue. We skip pounds turkey. Oh, farm. pounds turkey farm. Okay, you guys were talking about turkeys when I came. Yeah, in, I yeah. Thought. Uh, it's really incredible. Uh, it's in Leechburg, out near Vandergrift, and uh, they they I mean, we were there at Thanksgiving. That's their big, biggest time, obviously. Um, they they have their store open year round for turkey products, but um, seeing all the turkeys and it was a perfect time because the. Thanksgiving turkeys are being prepared. They sell 8,000 turkeys. Wow. So you can go get oh, fresh turkeys man. there. Fresh turkeys. And I never had a fresh turkey before. I How much we, different is it? It was incredible. It Does was it really taste gamier? Not at all. No, no, no. no. Um, and uh, the absolute cleanest turkey I've ever seen. My sister was, I took it down to my sister's in North Carolina. She's like, is it going to be all right? I said, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And we were all like, wow, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And uh, So that's Pound Turkey them, Farm in Leechburg. Pond Street Farm, Leechburg, Showcase Barbecue on Frankstown and Homewood. Um, if you have a moment, go on Instagram and look up Big Blitzberg from Pittsburgh. Uh, Drew Allen is the guy. He is hilarious. And that's how I found him. Uh, you know, he calls himself the barbecue bully or the Big Blitzberg from Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, he used to be on uh, Braddock Avenue, and then he moved up here 10 years ago uh, onto uh, Frankstown Avenue. And he's just a character and... As he said, his place is a hybrid barbecue place, mostly ribs, chicken wings, uh, turkey n- turkey ribs, which is a sort of a turkey shoulder. It's, oh, it, wow. They're okay. So there's that. Uh, that's uh, the barbecue portion. Then the aforementioned Ricci's uh, right. Italian sausage. And uh, I don't know. We spent a, a day at, at Ricci's Sausage. And the fact that Ernie's parents are there, Ern- Ernie's, we say senior, but he's actually Ernie Jr. And... Uh, Lillian. So you're, they're on the third Ernie. They're on the third Ernie. Okay. And like I said to them, they, they all talk so <laughs> lovingly of the place that used to be down on Island Avenue in McKeesport. I said, well, I'm going to need a picture because that's what every TV producer needs. We don't have a picture. We don't have a picture of the place. So I, I called the McKees, or McKees Rocks um, Historical Society, and I said, somebody have a picture of this place on Island Avenue, 926 Island Avenue. Nobody has one. And then Ernie calls me back. He goes, my dad remembered. We had a movie. I mean, this is like a TV what? producer's wow. dream. They have a movie, and it's just perfect. Oh, nice. And it shows the sign. It shows the front of the store. It shows the vegetables inside. Oh, that's awesome. So what, what No was, sausage making. Was it like but, a Super 8? Uh, it probably was 16 at the time. I think it's about 1950, the movie. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, then you went to Albert's Meats? Albert's Meats. That's the Green Valley packing out there in Taylorstown. Big, you know, making tons of meat, um, kolbasi, and... Uh, you know, we've got the big, huge smokers that they push it into and all that kind of stuff. And then, I don't know, we were just talking, and I said, do you guys make hot dogs, too? Because that's that's sort of... That's your thing. That's Yeah. And it it's not often you find a locally made hot dog. And they said, yeah, we make both skinless and uh, natural casing wieners. 
And I said, do you make the hot dogs for shorties in Washington? They said, we do. So that's where we end up. It's Shorty's Lunch in Washington, PA, which is an astounding little hot dog shop. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've got to get there. It's been there since, they think 1932, but they don't know. (laughs) So Um, you have figured out a way to get people to pay for you to go eat a lot of food. And year after year, people, that's what they want from you. Brilliant. Hey, you know, somebody's got to do it. This is yeah, what a what an outstanding. I want to be like uh, you when I grow up. What a racket! No, I mean, look, <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, it, these are uh, you know we we love the the series of documentaries you've produced about Pittsburgh. This is oh, yet amazing. another in the uh, long line of great sort of. Uh, 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 chronicles celebrations of celebrations of uh, our cuisine and uh, culture here in Western Pennsylvania. So, Meet Pittsburgh is Thursday night on QED. Tomorrow night at eight o'clock. All right, and uh, it is the second show in the Nebby series. Now, will there be more? Five more. Whoa! Yeah. Yes. Do you yeah. already know? Got to make them faster. Do you I'm, already know? <clears throat> I, I, you know, I have ideas because I presented some ideas in the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to keep to some of them. Um, but we decided we want to try and do one in a day, and we're going to go to the Vintage Mixer at the Teamster Temple in Lawrenceville on April 7th, I think, and try to shoot it all in one day, um, you know, which would collapse the time required quite a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still want you to do a Vendors of Pittsburgh. I want, to, I want like, all the legendary stadium oh, yeah. vendors oh, through cool. the years because there are people now who everybody knows, but, like, even, you know, when I first got here, there, there, there were characters who were no longer around that everybody knew. Yeah, it'd be a good show. Yeah, it's just maybe well, this is an off-air conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Rick's new documentary, MEAT Meet Pittsburgh, tomorrow night on QED at 8 p.m. Rick, thanks for bringing in the uh, Richie Sausage. Yeah, very Appreciate good. It's it. all out there, all kinds of accoutrement. They took care of you. So Good deal. Thanks to Ernie. Thanks. Thanks. Ernie and folks. The third Ernie. Thanks, man. And uh, we got Mark <laughs> Madden coming up. TV. DVE Sports. All right. Well, we got my pursuit here, but I have to acknowledge Sally Wigan for stopping by this morning to say goodbye to Slack. That was nice of you. You brought so nice of you to come in this morning, Sally. I told Val I didn't, I wasn't here to be on the radio. I came in to bring donuts. Yeah, but and punch keys. Okay, Um, (laughs) donuts and punch keys. I'm gonna miss Randy. Yeah, you could tell him he's right there. Slack, wasn't that nice of Sally to bring you all the the punch keys? And you you ain't gonna get any punch keys in North Carolina. Yeah. Tell you that much. I don't even know what punch keys are, but they sound good. It's a pocket good. that you stuff things in. It's like oh. a jelly donut. Well, they have okay. that in North Carolina, don't for, they? Um, a pocket that well, you stuff things Easter in? Time. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I yeah. mean, they used to put just you like can buy those Polish online. just put everything in it, but now they're, they're sort of like a, a glazed donut that's massive. I think it's something like 1,000 calories and 50 Oh, good. Grams. Great. <laughs> 50 grams of fat? Probably. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, thank, that was really nice of you to-, to Any other health food, food you brought in? I'm not. Eat, I may eat one though. I'm feeling that I need to eat one. Yeah, well, uh, a you, donut. You I, there, there's there, there's a uh, all kind of donuts. The good news is the sausage has no carbs. No carbs in the sausage. Yeah, but wow. that's, a, that's a pig. What if you stuff the punchki with a, uh, the Polish sausage? Yeah. Actually, probably there was a time they put sausage in punchki. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I have no idea about sure. the derivation of punchkis. Yeah. May not even be pronouncing it. Punchki right. pig. Yeah. Sally Wigan, uh, who, who uh, is joining us here, uh, that was nice. Broadcasting legends, we go from Rick Seaback to Sally Wigan. Rick Seaback is a legend. He is a legend, yeah. Have you ever wanted to do meat documentaries? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, 
appropriate inflection. You had to think I really about it. like pigs. You like pigs? You're intelligent. As friends. Yeah. Oh, so you don't like eating pigs. Mm-mm. But you do. I sometimes slip. I watched you eat a pig <laughs> last week. You ate, you ate pork. I did? Yeah. Off of your plate? Yeah. Oh, no. You actually put no, your I hands in my salad. I it was and- chicken. That was chicken. That was chicken. I know, was but there was, I thought you were eating a pork taco. No, I was you not. You put your hand in my salad and grabbed meat out of the salad. It was a grilled chicken salad, and you started eating it with your hands in cold and flu season, and you were telling us how you just got over the flu, and now you had bronchitis, and you stuck your hand into my salad. But my hand was salad clean. Wiggins. My fork was not. My fork had germs on it, so that's why I put my hand there in. There you go. Your See? hand was clean, so that was the better option to stick in my salad. I had antibacterial stuff on the fork. Oh, thank Hi God. for Mikey. Thank God you didn't put your fork in the salad and instead put your grubby mitt in there. All right, I'm just going to say this once and then go you're going to go on with your show. You know when you go to these events and mm-hmm. they have the tongs and, and everybody's supposed to use the tongs. Right. If you put your hand in and don't touch anything else but the one thing you're going to eat, yeah. it's much healthier. I know, than but that's a lot of pressure. Grabbing the stupid tongs. Do you trust everybody else <laughs> to do a singular like it's operation, like they can pull the piece of cheese out there without grabbing four of them? I don't trust anybody else. No, that's why they got to have tongs. We can't have nice things. We have to have tongs. This is why we have tongs, Sally. Sally Wiggins is going to do a uh, Chronicles on Tongs coming up. <laughs> Tong Chronicles. When's t- when is Tong Chronicles? I don't think it's a big enough topic. It is. Yeah. We when, could do a topic on germs. Right after pigs fly, I germs, think. Germs, definitely. Yeah. Definitely germs. All right. Well, it's good to see you. I'm done. I'm you gonna look, go, I'm you gonna look thin. You look thin. No, but I'm not. You look thin. You should have a punch key. I should go have a push key. Yeah, go do that. Val's always working here while you guys are talking. She's like typing, 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 yeah, typing. Well, she's just looking for puppy websites. Yeah. Uh, Val's going to come out and see my dogs. They're in the car. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys, very You're the much. Best. Be see you, Sally. Be Love you. What is that? Uh, what brand? Uh, what's your top say there? What does that say? What is that? H? It's, what is that? It's Irish horsewear. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing an Irish horse? Irish horsewear. No, I don't it, think they should skin horses. No, it's and make... a horsewear. It's an. I think it's an Irish company. It's a horsewear. It's it's equestrian. Oh, gear. you have equestrian equestrian gear. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. Do you ride horses? I used to. I used to have. I've had four over the years. Yeah, I have. I haven't ridden in a while. Okay. I'm going to start riding again. That looks like comfortable gear. Did I you mean... go to horse camp? No, no, no. I, but I've taken lots of lessons. G- g- Riding equestrian is like golf. You know, you're always taking lessons in golf. Uh-huh. You do the same thing with riding. Oh, cool. All right. Um, well, have a good day. Bye. Trot <laughs> on out of here. I want a punch key. Um, she's going to get a punch key. What Mike, flavor? don't get any on your horseware. This is uh, Slack's last day has devolved into an absolute mess. And I would As expect it should. That, yeah, As it I should. expected nothing, nothing uh, more than that. Uh, we do have Mark Madden coming in momentarily. So if you could, in one minute, sum up what went down <laughs> last night. Easy to do in this instance, Randall. Sports is all brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins beat the Sharks 5-2 last night. It was a big night for Evgeny Malkin, who had a hat trick. It was a big night for Brian Rust, who had two goals and an assist and missed the hat trick when he hit the crossbar on the empty net but still scored his first two goals since November the 22nd. But uh, the star of the show was unquestionably goaltender Matt Murray, who started for the first time since January the 4th and uh, for the first time since the death of his father, Murray stopped 40 of 42 shots. This uh, To this point, the soundbite of the season 
for the Penguins. Here's Matt Murray talking about trying to take his same standard stop-the-next-shot approach into the crease for the first time since the passing of his dad. I don't know. I mean, that's uh, how I try to approach every game. And, um, you know, for sure this one meant a little more for me personally, but um, still that's, that's all you can really do is just take things one shot at a time. Just play your heart out on every single shot. So um, that's what I tried to do. Play your heart out on every single shot. I think even a Flurry fan has to appreciate that. Definitely. Flower coming back next week. That he is. Ovi and the Caps first, though, Friday night. Oh, that's a great Friday night matchup right there. That'll be a fun one. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk to uh, Mark Madden. He's fired up, believe it or not. Hard to believe. Yeah, hard to believe. Out of character. Mark uh, joining us next. All right, it's the DV Morning Show, and Mark Madden's here. And Madden is a, uh, well, he's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing this morning, but Mark is a uh, devotee of uh, National Lampoon Magazine. Absolutely. If and, you hate my show, blame them. And we've been talking quite a bit about the the movie that that was released on Friday or Thursday, I believe, on Netflix. And I've been talking about it a lot on the air and I'm, too. I'm too low tech to sign up for Netflix, but yeah. now I got to figure it out. Yeah, you got to figure it out because I think it's <laughs> that that good for comedy nerds. It's really fun to. Well, and Will Fort is a great comic Forte. actor too. Well, whatever. But uh, you know, for him to play Doug Kenny, that's just that's tremendous. <laughs> he d- he does it justice. It's not the typical Forte uh, performance, but it's interesting. Like it's much Doug like Kenney, uh, what's what's the uh, Neil Simon play about Sid Caesar's show, Laughter on the Fifty Third Floor, or whatever the hell that that uh, play was. Um, this is much like that represented the that era of comedy. That's what this is for modern comedy. Right, right, right. Well, I, I believe Doug Kenny's the funniest man who's ever lived, and I. I don't say that uh, lightly. He wrote I, two movies and four years of magazines. Yeah, but it, but his body of work over six, you know, what was it, six, seven years, yeah. is better than anybody else's over any length of time. So figure 12 years. So, you know, he comes out of college and starts the National Lampoon when he's 22 with Henry Beard right. and then lives till he's 34, dies when Chevy Chase uh, leaves him in Hawaii and says, I got to get out of here. We're partying too hard. And Doug Kenny goes for a walk and never comes back. And did he jump or did he fall? Well, I, I think he fell while he was looking for a place to jump. Which is the, the line attributed to uh, one of the writers there. I've stolen from many comedians, including Doug Kenny. But normally I hate stuff like that. Like anybody trying to capture the comedy like uh, of a certain period of time. But this was special. There was just something about... I don't know if people understand how much National Lampoon actually kicked everything off. I remember McLaughlin having this conversation with him a long time ago about what influenced your sense of humor more than anything else. And uh, Bugs Bunny, Mad Magazine uh, were, were some of the things you heard a lot of times. Uh, because Bugs Bunny was actually, you know, pretty it was pretty irreverent stuff, uh, you know, aimed at kids. But Lampoon, as they Henry Beard said, it bridged Mad Magazine and The New Yorker. Yes, yes. Well, like, it, it, not to, you know, grind everybody's gears about my show, but my show is based on four entities. Doug Hurth, who I consider to be the greatest radio personality in Pittsburgh history. Uh, who well, you Rick, think didn't get his due here? He didn't. He didn't get his due, didn't get his money, didn't Why get not? anything. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Because he didn't he want to? Far the best. I, don't know, I don't know anything about him. I went back and listened to him a little bit after you, you spoke so highly of him. He was great. Yeah, I, I don't know why he didn't get his due. He never, like, pushed for money. He just, he really loved doing radio. His heart was broken at the end. I, I think he died of a broken heart because, you know, he left... Uh, Wixie, 1360, that was his last job, and nobody hired him. And I wanted to have Doug on once a week for like an hour or even longer. 
and he thought I was doing it out of pity. And he said exactly that to me. And I said, no, I'm doing it because you're the greatest radio guy in Pittsburgh history. But he he just never wanted to do it. It was a shame the way it ended for him. Uh, so Doug, Ric Flair, the wrestler who I, who I patterned my speech after, right. and National Lampoon and Cree Magazine. Uh, those were it for me when I was a kid. Those were the influences in everything I, I, I read, wrote, cared about, did. It all came back to that. Because magazines, newspapers have lost their influence um, with social media. I mean, it used to be that's where you went. Right. Uh, what do you see being the next thing that influences people? Uh, nothing. I think we're we're just going down the crapper in terms of legitimately witty. Yeah, but and- that's what people said about National Lampoon. Uh, maybe. I'm old. Yeah. So I, I would say that now. But but to, to answer your question, I don't see anything obvious to you. I mean. No, I mean, I, you know, initially I thought, you know, the, the Gawker series of blogs, it might have been a jumping off point. It, it, for about a year and a half, Deadspin looked like the next thing. Yeah. And then all their legitimate talent left and was replaced by a bunch of imbeciles. Yeah. Well, I think Barstool is serving the, the younger crowd. I disagree, in a way. but I'm old. Well, no, you. You don't have to like it. It's not That's for right. you. That's it's right. not for and you. I, and I recognize that. Um, but they're they're doing something right now that you know. There's always somebody that fills that purpose, and but, they're but, trying but, to. But my fear for them is the same as it as it turned out to be for Deadspin. Uh, I think when when Big Cat and PFT commenter leave, which inevitably they will to make more money somewhere else, uh, I think that they don't have talent enough to carry on at the same level. So you think that in this age of all media having the same sort of platform that none will be as influential as the pillars of modern comedy. Probably not, but, but you know, I, I could be wrong. And, and by way of just demonstrating the model where the talent leaves, the, the uh, entity falls apart. When Beard and Kenny left Lampoon, it, it, it wasn't a quick downhill slide, but it was definitely a no, downhill slide. But they still produced PJ O'Rourke. Yes. Who, you know, they didn't, people, you know, he, he didn't At, affect people the same way. Uh, John Hughes, right? Uh, the, um, the Simpsons writers, no, no question. Know. But they they were kind of a Xerox of a Xerox that just, like I said, trickled down. It didn't cascade downhill, but it trickled downhill. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing to watch happening right now. I don't know what people obsess over like we used to obsess over, whether it was SNL or Lampoon or yeah. The I think that that fraternity of Judd Apatow and those collection of actors like Seth Rogen and some of those guys um, before James Franco got into his mess, I mean, that group was putting out some pretty good comedy. Yeah, but, but again, I think Seth Rogen has just stopped being funny. Uh, well, I, I think I think Will Ferrell, for the most part, has stopped being funny. But I think that the, movies are the end point. I don't know if they necessarily end up influencing as as much on the ground level as the stuff that gets you to the point of making movies. And I'm wondering if podcasts isn't going to be that new thing. That Maybe, certain but, podcasts but, that have... I mean, know, Rogan. Yeah. I think one thing that really hurts some of the latter-day comedians is they get rich. I think great comedy is born of poverty. And when you have uh, no desperation, I don't think you're as funny. And I think that's been borne out time and again. Oh, yeah. No, no. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. But, I mean, athletes got get a lot richer than they used to. And does their production wane? Did A Rod stink after he signed the two fifty? Uh, I think it's a different ballpark. That's based on athleticism and not creativity. Plus, it goes long, right? And I, you I, could say that for anybody, couldn't you? I mean, even even the musicians. I mean, how how many musicians make great music their whole well, career? You, know, you know who said that to me? This is a bad example because uh, uh, it's a group that's off to ridicule. But I interviewed D Snyder, Twisted Sister. 
uh, in the heyday, you know, when they were not going to take it heyday. And he said to me, I have the tape around somewhere. This is back, you know, in 80-whatever. He said, I think we're in trouble because we did great work when we were desperate. Now we're rich. I think we're in trouble. Direct <laughs> quote. Well, yeah. Being hungry uh, usually will drive that career. That was the title of that album, Stay Hungry. You know, it's just, I, I just, um, but, but, but to turn back to your original thought, I don't know what's going to influence what today. I don't know if people even want to be influenced. I, it's just social media has made it a weird, mostly worthless world out there, mostly utterly disposable. Well, don't you think part of it, too, is there's so many choices and options. Everybody's got ADD now. Yeah. Because no. you, you, you can quickly turn to the left or the right and see something else. Even if you like what's right in front of you, and it's so segmented off, like it's so sectioned off, I should say, is like there's Vine stars, there's Instagram stars, there's YouTube stars, and none of them are really you've stars. never heard of. But there are people who are listening to this conversation right now who are banging their heads off their steering wheels because we're not even mentioning something that is influencing a ton of people, and we don't even know about it. And that's Lampoon served that purpose. Right, right. Lampoon was a well-kept secret. Yes. You know, and, and 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 we should mention Saturday Night Live, too, in that group, oh, yeah. the original cast, and even today to some degree. You know, uh, it, 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 Saturday Night Live gets the biggest uh, it, uh, undeserved like show. It's, you know how hard it is to maintain something like yes, that for it, as it, long it, as they it's have. It's mostly been brilliant, really. Even, it's had down periods, but it's mostly been brilliant. Yeah. And even back in the day when they had the classic cast, if you watch those shows, a lot of it was crap. You know, because in that oh, yeah. in that genre, you you either you know rise or fall from from skit to skit, and a lot of times they fell. Yeah, it's and it's also tough to realize the impact that the first time had on people. It's like if you go listen to Lenny Bruce, it, yes, it's hard for people to understand why he was so brilliant. Well, and or like, Robert Klein, go listen to Robert. But Klein. you don't it's understand hard. that all the people you love were standing on their shoulders. Yes, right, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny too because a lot of the original Saturday Night Live stuff, the stuff that got over the most was the dumbest stuff. Like the Killer Bees. Belushi hated the Killer hated Bees. It. And the only reason the Killer Bees were funny was because Belushi was there in a ridiculous outfit, and he knew just how to you know, maneuver his head ever so slightly to keep the antenna bobbing. Right. You know, But other than that, the skit was worthless. Samurai che- Warrior. Right. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Yeah. A one-note joke. But, you know, but, but that one note resonated and Where still does. Right, yeah. right. I so- used to hate the Coneheads, and they were on all the time. I'm like, this is not funny. That's pretty funny. I'm going to disagree with you know. there. And they made a movie out of yeah, it. Did you see the bad. movie? 20 years later. But, but we had, uh, I had uh, uh, Brian McConaughey on from National Lampoon oh, yeah. when the book came out because he helped assemble the book. And he said something, I, I, I still think about this. Um, he said that uh, they, they didn't make much money except for the, you know, the guys who cashed out when the company got sold to Matty Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he said that even though they didn't make much money, that was the best time of his life because they had so much fun every day at work, and that everybody should experience that. And I'm not sure I have. You, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, it's just, it's just that that was such a unique situation, and the people came out of that with such unique experiences. And I watched the. I can't wait to see this movie, this Will Forte movie. I, I've seen the documentary, uh, Drunk Stone, Brilliant Dead. I've read the book. Uh, I, I just, I treasure my memories. I still have like a stack, you know. Like hip high of old National Lampoons, all the greatest hit stuff. The one, my favorite Doug Kenny short story, First BJ. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it is a blueprint for how I work. It's just so funny. You know, it just, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade uh, having read or watched or that stuff for anything. All right. So watch that movie on Netflix. You got to get Netflix. Yeah. I know. I'm going to And then now. you have to subscribe Feudal. to Juju. This is the inspiration I needed. Juju, he's, he's in the direction pursuit of predicted. <laughs>
You don't like the fact that he flipped off the Patriots fan? No, it's low class. He's a punk. Would Ramon Foster have done that? No. Would Antonio Brown? Yes. We all pick sides. <laughs> I don't think Antonio Brown would have. I don't think he would have. He now. would not have flipped off anybody. Right. That's just not him. Does he get a pass he, for his age? Not anybody that wanted to show him any sort of adulation. Right. Antonio Brown would never be able to answer the question, what is the person next to you wearing? He's not paying attention and to He never would have noticed. That's a good point. But I, I, I think it's a punk move, and... And, and I just think, you know, in that locker room, really, you can go one of two ways. I mean that very sincerely, and I think he's going the way that will guarantee they never win with this group, and that is a guarantee. Uh, do you want to say goodbye to Randy Slack? It's his last day as producer. I do, Slack. Great job. That's not him. No, I know. That's, that's somebody else. That's the replacement. Yeah, we've already replaced him. So he just ran Slack off. Yeah, he's, le- yeah. He's, he's literally walking out the door and driving to North Carolina. No, he's not. I slashed <laughs> his tires. I, I can only think of what Judge what, uh, Ty Webb said to Judge Smales in Caddyshack. Judge, my father never liked you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Slack's great. Slack's the best. Good luck to him. Yeah, best of luck to Slack. And if you're down in Wilmington, North Carolina, listen to WRMR 98.7. Martin Rock. Uh, <laughs> his first day. Slack. WRMR. Your first day on the air, we're just going to simulcast you here. We're going to keep checking in with Ooh, you. I like that. Yeah. So we'll make sure, sure that you're not stinking it up the joint down there. Do we have to come in, or can somebody do that from here? No, no, we'll do it from here. We'll just keep going down to WRMR and checking Let's out. Check in yeah, with our- it's less work. I mean, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and then we'll we're gonna critique your first day on at work, and then we'll uh, we'll have the, our listeners send you some some helpful. No, just let them go, pointers. man. As Henry Beard would say, tempting, tempting, tempting. <laughs> Congrats, Slack. Thanks for everything, man. Good job, Slack. Today's literally his last day. Yeah, dude, he's leaving and driving. He couldn't even finish out the week. No. No. Oh, lazy bastard. Last day of the month. Smart fella is what you mean. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, we're done. Tomorrow, more stuff. Thanks, Slack. Right on. Best of luck. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.